Welcome to the Michigan Wild Podcast. We're just here walking around. We're going to go set a tree stand. Don't worry, my dad's weird. He never shot a huge buck. I just shot a freaking big buck. Go get that one, Henry. Right here. Look at the size of that deer. Welcome to another episode of Michigan Wild. This episode this week is with my dad, uh, Rod Roosevelt. We got to sit down and have uh, a really fun conversation about hunting, uh, how he started hunting, um, which was in the 80s, uh, talking about some of his first his first hunt with a gun, uh, some of his, uh, you know, things he's seen over the years, uh, deer sightings, and just tried to do a good job of, like, explain what it was like hunting in Michigan 42 years ago and then fast forward to what it is now um, and then kind of compare to what we've seen in other states throughout the Midwest and you know just kind of talk about our goals and like why why we do some things and ultimately what it comes down to is just you know personal preference and what we're trying to accomplish to you know keep the keep the ball rolling with a healthy deer herd you know been very blessed to have you know now four generations of uh hunters on the same property have uh, shot deer so it's pretty cool to have that you know that family history uh that you know for years that's been going on and we really really want to continue doing that for each generation so you know my dad he's had quite quite a few experiences you know he's he's uh he's hunted a lot when he was younger you know we we've been blessed to be in a deer rich environment so just kind of seeing what that means and what when we say what that's like you know kind of comparing that but just because it's been a deer rich environment you know it, and that doesn't then didn't always equal you know bucks so got to break down some of that stuff we obviously talked about our iowa hunt um you know there was we went into a little bit of detail on certain things with how we handle that but uh no it was like it was a really good episode i had fun me and him talking we were just talking like we normally talk about things which we uh <laughs> there's more times than that we'll uh We'll get on the phone with each other and chit chat throughout the fall or going into the season, and the next thing we know, we get down a whitetail rabbit hole and talk about all sorts of things. So it's always one of those things you got, you know, making the time to do do what you want to do is the hardest part. And it seems like the last few years, the only thing we barely have had time to do is, you know, maybe put some food plots in. But we're really wanting to get into doing more of the long term habitat stuff that will continue to make you know hunting good because we just want a healthy deer herd. We you know because that means it's a sustainable and there will be deer for you know my grandkids one day to shoot um more of my dad's grandkids you know will be able to go hunt and do that kind of thing so it's just uh all around you can tell that we really care about this and it's something that we enjoy doing and we could do it as a family so that's very feel very blessed for that but no it's cool hearing him talk about how you know learning how to use a bow you know when he started using started bow hunting you know 
in the early eighties, you know, there was like no one around that did it. And then, you know, now fast forward nowadays, the access to information we have and how much more, you know, knowledge is out there and learning how to do things and, you know, all that's pretty crazy. You know, he, uh, a lot of you guys that probably listen to this know Jay Sporting Goods, you know, and, uh, he talks about how his first bow came from Jay Sporting Goods or it was either his bow or my uncle's bow. And it did not come from the store. It came from his mom's basement or his mom's garage. Like one of the two basement or garage is where they got it at. So, you know, even something like that, you know, starting out in a, in a garage or a basement, you know, to see what it is now, 42 years later, it's pretty cool. So, you know, Michigan's steeped in tradition with a lot of hunting and those kind of things. So it was kind of cool that, you know, he grew up in that, that time frame and going through that. So it was nice to reflect on that. And then, you know, the way we, uh, you know, we've, I mean, me and him have just hunted a lot. You know, I've been, I think he said something about taking me out when I was two years old in a sleeping bag. And, you know, I've been surrounded by this lifestyle and I love it. And it's, it's, it's a responsibility kind of to continue to pass it on as many people as I can, uh, to an extent, you know, it's, uh, it is a, you know, resource that's there, but you know, things are changing and, uh, just feel blessed to have this opportunity to do this and, chase deer the bow and arrow and gun and all these other kind of things and i know that uh you know i do have to live live life a certain way to make that happen and that's you know making sacrifices with other things and you know having a family at the same time and doing all those things it's, it's a lot to juggle sometimes but i mean it's it's tough to beat chasing mature bucks and doing that and it keeps me it keeps me you know keeps me engaged and I really like doing it. There's a lot worse things I feel like you can do with some free time. And I feel like this is an overall lifestyle. That's it's fun. I think that's why a lot of us do. That's why probably a lot of you guys are listening to this, this episode because you love being outside and doing that. So yeah, look forward to, uh, this upcoming, this upcoming, uh, scouting season because, uh, I don't really have that many bucks, you know, like right now it's, you know, week before Christmas approximately. And, uh, I have maybe one or two deer that I've got some pictures of that I'm going to be really excited to see how they look next year. Uh, that's just on cell cameras. I have a few uh, regular SD card cameras I haven't pulled yet this year. I don't even think I've even checked any of them. I may, I've checked two of them that are on the uh, public land. Like first week of October I pulled them, but they haven't been pulled since then. So there could be a few deer on there um, that I'll be intrigued to hunt, you know, next year. It seems like every year there's a few that make it through. And then, you know, some of my other private permission pieces, I haven't pulled any of those cards. So, I mean, unless that goes really well, I only have maybe two deer that could, could make it, which is not like, you know, I'm not, I'm not super worried about it or like, oh my gosh, 24 is going to be a terrible year because I don't have, you know, as many deer going into the the end of the year that, you know, make it through. But it is a little concerning because I had there was quite a few deer that I were I was seeing while hunting or had pictures of that I was like, ooh, the future's looking pretty good for this. And uh yeah, they, they have not shown face uh again. And that could be, you know, because they've moved on to a different property until, you know, next year. Uh, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's because a lot of them got shot. I had the similar thing happen in twenty, uh the fall of twenty, I think. There was, that was a really good summer for seeing a lot of nice big deer, uh, three-year-olds and two-year-olds. And, like, deer, like, ooh, them things are, you know, pretty big for their age. They could get, you know, could become something special. And I want, let's say there was, I, I want to say there was 18 bucks that were um, 
I figured were two and a half and three and a half years old. And then one I thought was four and a half. And then I ended up shooting that one. I could be wrong. He could have only been three and a half. I didn't get the T sent in, but I figured he was four and a half. He was the biggest one. Um, other than the seven point, which that year he was, I believe he was five and a half that year. And, uh, or four and a half too. The maybe it was, yeah, it was a seven point was four and a half. The other year was four and a half. That's how that was. There's two of them. So I shot the one seven point, you know, gone. MIA never, never seen him that year. Uh, and then talking to the neighbors and seeing pictures and all that, I figured of those 18 deer, um, with the one I shot, I figured 15 of them got shot. So there was only three, you know, seven point was one of them. And then two others, I think one was a three-year-old, one was a two-and-a-half-year-old buck that I figured made it from that bachelor group of the summer of the 18 deer I was seeing consistently. So, I mean, you have years like that. You know, guys went in and they had a good year. And uh, gun season, you know, takes takes a lot of deer out. And uh, that's just part of the game. It's part of the challenge. But I, I do feel like that might have happened this year. I don't, haven't confirmed that yet with neighbors. I usually talk to them all after the season's done. But um, the pressure was pretty crazy because uh, – I don't even, I mean, I have barely had any daylight pictures of does even, um, the last, like after probably the, I would say, yeah, November 10th on has been real minimal movement for deer. And that's, I mean, that happens. I mean, people are starting to get their gun spots ready and there's a lot more hunters hitting the woods during gun season. You have Thanksgiving in there. So people have some days off. So there's a lot of hunting pressure that happens, but I just this week started getting some daylight pictures of does, um, in food plot not like i'm talking like an hour before dark or an hour after dark kind of a thing which i feel like is pretty good movement but not consistent it'll be like once the one spot happened once and then four days later it happened one more time and that's been it so i'm kind of hoping next week that that gets a little more consistent uh and then i can go fill a couple doe tags hopefully kind of strategically sneak into a spot and shoot some there's a couple that a couple does i saw i was like those are big mature does which I don't say that very often. Very rarely do I see a picture or see a doe that I'm like, whoo, that thing's giant. Um, So there's a couple that are, and I really want to shoot them. And then then that's about it. And that's either with me or I have a cousin that's got a a doe tag. So he would like to, you'd like to get a doe too. So if one of us can get one of those, I'd be pretty excited for that. Um, so yeah, the, the year's not over. I mean, it can happen. I mean, I have bucks on camera at night still, so they're moving around They're somewhere. So, I mean, if you guys still got a tag in your pocket, I mean, it might get pretty difficult with Christmas and you know, all that stuff going on, but maybe you'll find time to slip in and try to catch a deer, you know, uh, moving from one cover to the other, or if you can slide into a spot they've been pushed into that, um, a little pocket and they feel safe and you can, you know, play the wind right, do a little hang and hunt and capitalize and be pretty sweet to be able to do that in December. So I know good luck for you guys that are doing that. Hope you guys enjoy this, uh, this episode, me and my dad, it's, uh, covers quite a wide array of things. Hopefully you kind of get the, you get the feel that we are trying to push, you know, with how Michigan is, is comparable to these other Midwest States. But our biggest thing is just, we have way more hunters and, um, it's tough getting deer to, you know, reach maturity and but however if you have good neighbors and you stick to the plan and you go through you can get you can become better hunting in michigan and it's been it's been i mean it's been working down here where i live it's working up north there's other friends and family members and people we are close with that do the similar thing you know we're not even close to each other but there's these little pockets all over the place where you all these neighbors get on board and 
they're putting their resources into it and they're, you know, they're getting bigger deer and, you know, better hunting. And it's, you know, it's not just because it's a trophy. It's more of like just the watching deer do deer things. And when you have a good, healthy deer herd and age structure, you get to see those kind of things. And man, it's tough to beat that. Like it's so much fun uh, seeing that and uh, knowing that that can happen in Michigan, which has always been a state that's not been known for that kind of stuff. So it was, uh, I know, we do, I do apologize for a little bit of coughing that was going on in this. I mean, I've been battling, my family's been battling sickness for, I feel like it's been a month. Um, but I think we're kind of on the up and up, but there's a couple coughs in there that I'm not to the point yet where I know how to edit those out smoothly. So bear with that. And then, yeah. And, uh, if you got to do any last minute Christmas shopping, feel free to check out Michigan wild shop on a uh, holler. Um, I believe if you use 10 off that there's a few uh, products on there. I don't know if it's every product on the website, but if you do get some stuff, you can use that 10 off and save 10%. They did extend that um, for for another month. I think it's for this whole month. Uh, so yeah, hop on there and check that out. It's uh, you know it's Michigan Wild um, dot Commerce. Sorry, Michigan Wild Holler commerce.com so that is in the i'll have that in the show notes you can check that out but um i got some stuff on there for some christmas presents and the shipping it came relatively quick and i was um yeah i have nothing no complaints there's some cool things on there i got some uh i got some of those half rack uh bow hangers which are sweet um, because I, you know, I've been using bow hangers. Like I always carry one around my pocket and just reuse it every time I go set up somewhere. But it was a couple of times like, man, I just need one a little better than this because certain trees, you know, found them things. And those things are super versatile. Like I'm kind of pumped to try that out. And then you can, I, you know, got them down here in my, my hunting room or my office kind of, and I'm going to hang a couple of those on the wall to hang my, you know, my recurve up and a few other things. They're just a really cool hook. So check those out. But hey, just once again, it's michiganwild.hollercommerce.com. And check that out. And now, you know, a percentage of whatever you guys do that helps the show out. Um, and like I said, anything that this show does, I just want to, you know, I'm not doing this to make a living, but it is nice to put some effort into it and then have that. And then I can, you know, upgrade some equipment, um, do that kind of a thing, and then just keep uh, keep pushing forward and doing this. And, I, I mean, I love it. It's been a great it's been a great, you know, 2023 20, doing this. I think I started in July. So, you know, approaching the end of the year. Uh, I got one more episode that I'll launch for this year. And then, yeah, go start 24 strong. Yeah, get after get after some episodes with, you know, chasing rabbits with the beagles, uh, doing some scouting, um, success stories, all those kind of things. Just, yeah, this is like, yeah, I'm always sad when January 1st hits because, you know, whitetail season's done. But there's so much other things that, that I look to look forward to with uh, chasing the rabbits. And me and Henry are out there looking for sheds and doing the scouting and just starting the new the new journey for the next fall and, you know, kind of a fresh slate. And like I said, I'm, I'm probably going to have to, you know, counter here and counter there and maybe move around a little bit because, you know, I think some of my deer, not my deer, but the deer I was watching or, you know, having game plans for. for the I always try to be a few years ahead of myself and – uh you know, if they're no longer alive, you know, you kind of have to pivot and yeah, it's kind of fun to kind of go find a new spot and, or a new spot within the big spot and see what you can find. So no guys, thanks for listening to the Michigan wild and hope you enjoy this episode and uh, have a Merry Christmas.
Midwest. Yeah, we hunted Midwest Mid- Iowa. <laughs> or is it Maryland? Mar- Maryland. Oh, yeah, we hunted Maryland. All right. Welcome to another episode of Michigan Wild. I have my father here with me in studio. How you doing, bud? Pretty good. We uh we recently came back from a a nice gun hunt in yes, Iowa. We did. So we kind of want to recap that first time on the podcast. Full disclaimer, we're not giving away any sort of info of where we were, <laughs> who we were hunting with. Nope. You'll never see pictures of these deer we shot. No. Nope. Never will. Um, not because, first of all, this is something we've done before I started the podcast. So um, right. I refuse to be the kind of guy that's like, oh, I'm going to go to Iowa for content you right. know, purposes or take advantage of whatever there may be. This is something that me and you have just had the opportunity yes, to do. Yes, we have. So, the only person that's going to see pictures of these deer ever is if you know me pretty closely, and I can trust that you're not going to show them anyone else. Yeah. Not because we're dropping 200 inches or doing anything like that. That's just there's no, more to hunting. Yeah, just low 190s. Low you know? 190s. We, we weren't greedy. <laughs> but uh, no, I just wanted to kind of get that up there. That uh, you know, I don't. We don't do this Iowa thing for me to use it for content to drive no. the podcast. However. It's a it's a cool time and fun to be able to go do that with my dad and it was. yeah it's it's completely different than hunting in Michigan, um, yeah and it's one of those opportunities that you know you dream about. I mean, I always thought it'd be really cool to be able to have the opportunity to do something like this, and we just are fortunate enough and blessed to be able to do that. So absolutely. However, we'll still talk about it to an extent, you know, kind of give an update on it. But the I think the thing we're going to kind of focus more so on with it is like just why is Iowa so much better than Michigan probably. And that can be in quotations because I feel like there's there's really good hunting in Michigan, which you would agree with too. I but, would. So why don't we just kind of start, I guess you're, you're an old man. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm we, half, we, halfway to 112 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you kind of like, obviously you're, you're my dad, but like, you know, when you started kind of hunting and. Yeah. I do want to get into your first season hunting with a gun because that's a pretty good story. How you started off uh, <laughs> the tradition of you shooting deer, and Henry got his first deer this year, so yeah. it's kind of a cool little thing. But no, go for it. Yeah. So uh, as long as I could remember as a kid, um, deer hunting was it. Um, I begged and begged and begged to go. Um, your grandma was not having any of that go early business. <laughs> so. Um, you had to wait till you're 14. I had to wait till I was 14. Unlike my grand boy, he, uh, yep. the world has changed a little bit in that, but, um, you know, it was a big deal. Um, that was a big coming of age thing for all guys are my age at that time. And, and, uh, um, in a nutshell, you were now one of the men that was, you were no so longer one of the kids. What, what year is this? Because you graduated, um, what, high school? I graduated 85. Okay, so. I would say like 81. Little, okay. 81, probably, yeah. Um, and yeah. two, uh, opening day in 80, I just actually looked this up. Opening day in 81 was on a Sunday. Mm. And my parents, um, because of their beliefs and, and a lot of the, their families, uh, we didn't hunt on Sundays. Still don't. Yeah on their ground we don't hunt on sunday and i totally respect that and uh but so it was actually my opening day was the second day um so now not to like derail it too much but when did you start bow hunting then because that year so that was the year you started bow hunting 
So did you actually go in the woods with a bow that no, fall? No, I did That's not. That's when you guys I, got Because you and my had, uncle got bows that year. My So my brother actually bought a bow from Jay, Jay Sporting Goods. Yep. And uh, when Jay didn't have a store, it was in his mom's garage. And uh, it was kind of a big deal. You know, archery wasn't a very common thing back then for um, – you know, you could go to Grayling to get a bow. You could go to Kmart and get a bow. So you yeah. went to Jay's garage and got a bow. Jay's mom's garage. Jay's mom. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, like, so Jay's Sporting Goods, the big, the old the big huge store. Yeah, that was. that You no. went. You were involved with We that went before. before the first store. Yeah, the you first, were the garage yeah. at his mom's house. Okay. And he took most of the evening to set that bow up for my brother. And and uh, it was a big deal for him, you know, to um, to see a young man do that. He, and and I had bought a used bow, um, didn't have a clue, <laughs> didn't have a clue because my my dad, my uncles, all the all guys, gun hunters, all yeah. gun hunters, and I had neither one of my granddads were hunters on either side. So what we learned how to do it was <laughs> we were winging it, man. <laughs> my first mm-hmm. blind, my first tree stand was a sheet of plywood or two. Went back to your grandma again. Uh, she was pretty sure I had to have at least a four by eight up there to stand on yep. and uh so you didn't get a chance to go hunting though with the bow no, that fall so. no we did not um, but you guys got bows i never you partially yeah, you partially like, uh, well you got like boat lessons or some archery lessons Was that so the my year? mom actually found a guy uh gentleman by the name of bruce osborne um he was the only archer that i knew he shot traditional and he had actually shot with he learned his traditional form from Fred Bear. Grayling was not too far away, and when he was a young guy, he went um, went there. And So I basically, my mom asked if he would do lessons, and he did every Thursday or whatever it was. I went there for an hour, and we shot, and he taught me a lot of basics from the beginning. We didn't just go out and start flinging arrows. He he worked on a lot of my form and, and things like that. So um, I was uh, shooting a recurve and a longbow first, and... I bought a used Whitetail Hunter II. Uh, that was a compound. And I shot it with no sight or any of that, you know, just shot fingers. And and I wouldn't say I was uh, <laughs> a sniper by any chance, <laughs> stretch of the imagination with that. But, um, yeah, we, we just figured it out, you know. Um, my brother actually killed one his first year, little six-point. Um it was a big deal. It was in the newspaper. It was in the newspaper. It was a big deal. Twelve year old yeah. kid. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, <laughs> we which we, is kind of cool because where Henry shot his buck this year about about fifty yards from where, where that, he shot where that creek, buck. Yeah. yeah, my brother shot that so deer. That was pretty so. cool. So, like I said, the family the family history of this is kind of yeah. cool. The property and how there's been quite a few generations. Pretty of hunters, pretty woven into the fabric of our just. It, it's who not we a are. question of if. Yeah. It's just a question right. of when. Exactly. Kind of thing, yeah. All right, so let's let's get down to this gun thing. I know we kind of sidetracked, but yeah, yeah. we'll tie it back in. Gun thing. So, so like gun hunting. I, so like I think the like I can relate to like you because I couldn't gun hunt until I was fourteen. Right. So like I was I was able to, I bow hunted when I was twelve though because you know a lot better and you had you to rely on. So I was prepared when I was twelve, but I never like you said. I like, made just twenty things. years of mistakes. And yeah, you like help me learn. <laughs> yep, and then. Right. And then, like, I never, but still gun hunting, like, I just was dying to do that. No. Like, it was just such a, such a, it was so painful that I couldn't go almost. Yes. Like, just a desire to, like, 
you're sitting with your grandpa or still your uncle and they're all able to shoot stuff and you're more than capable of holding right. a gun and pulling a trigger. Well, you probably killing, killed a few rabbits. Killing by rabbits, right. killing birds, killing all sorts yeah. of stuff. But there's like, no, you can't. Now, you know, you fast forward and like, you know, for Henry, it's a completely different thing because he it hasn't is. really shot much anything. No. But then he can go out. It's actually almost easier for him to shoot a deer. It actually is. It's easier for Henry to kill a deer with a gun than to go yeah. shoot a rabbit right now. Like if he was a carry a shotgun and try to go shoot a rabbit, or it'd be a dog. handful for him. Really for hard. Sure. He's just yeah, not right. big enough to really hold a right. twenty gauge, you know. So like, but having a, a stationary blind or you know stand stationary and yeah. set up, you know, he can execute that well. So it's kind of like I kind of like I'm really pumped that he was able to do it. It was a great experience, you know, awesome. But there's a little bit that's like, man, it's just completely. Yeah, different. You hope it's not lost on him a little. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. build up, like <clears throat> the anticipation. I mean. Guys at school, all those kids at school, we talked about it nonstop. Mm-hmm. Like that was we were we were pumped. We could not wait to go. And then you know we told about every story got told time and time again. Mm-hmm. And it was such a you were a man then, man. It was yeah, so, it was like a, and, it was and a it was passage. So, yeah, it was and, like getting uh, your driver's license, like taking yeah. driving for the first time. Well, I was you know driver's license sixteen, I think. My mom used to drop us off. She'd, she'd turn around on the gravel road, and we'd be like, don't pull in there, you know, because the car couldn't get in there. <laughs> we'd get the car stuck in the mud or whatever. But She's your guide. Yeah, she she would just <laughs> come back at, you know, 630 or whatever, pick us up. So you're dying with anticipation to hunt. Oh, 100%. And you can't even go the first day because it's on Sunday. So and, wait until Monday. And here's something else, a little uh, side note to that. I had um, – Broke a rule of my father's, <laughs> and um, not you. You you're an angel. Yeah, there was there. <laughs> let's just say there was some BB gun, um, with some cousins, and most every farm kid knows, and probably every kid knows about BB gun fight. Anyway, um, I just about didn't get to go my first day, and as it turned out, I only was allowed to go the opening that day, and that was it. My I had to leave the gun home. Okay, so that. BB gun fight. This is Red Riders. There was Red Riders involved, and yes. a three wheeler too. I think right? there was a three wheeler involved. And there was someone had a pellet gun, I believe, too. Right? Uh, I was I was not the I was not wielding the pellet gun, but I was a victim of the pellet gun. Which yeah, I say that's kind of weird. You're the one that got. I was the oldest, stuck in their leg, but you got yeah, you're yeah, in charge. I was, so I was supposed to have the knowledge, and that the, was one of those. You were those. You're supposed to be in charge. This yeah. happened, so you're getting punished. Yeah. So yeah, you have I only got, one day to hunt. One day, one day, and and I, um, my dad walked me in. Um, I'll never forget it. He looked me dead in the eye and he said, "Remember, one day, make it count." And he turned around, and walked away, and there I sat, and it was. Old dark 30 in a nice blind no, reader no no <laughs> we we uh we we went all out and cut a couple cedar poles and had one piece of barn tin that wrapped around three corners and uh no roof no nothing you know yeah of course i was the kid i didn't get the best of anything you know mm-hmm. um my dad's uh lever action 32 special iron sighted i was pretty good with it i had um, took some of my hay bale money and went and bought a couple boxes of shells, you know, and, and shot that thing quite a bit. And I, I was pretty good with it. Um, for an iron sighted rifle. Um, and I'm telling you, man, it was, uh, even now, I don't know how long ago that's been. I just did the math. 42, 42 years 42 ago. 42 years. Yeah. I'm tingling right now. 
thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was pretty. It was a pretty cool deal. This uh, it was really heavy frost that morning. Um, I kind of hunted this ridge. Now that I know what I know about deer hunting, I wasn't set up very good. <laughs> but you know, it was effective. I shot the dumbest one in the bunch, I guess is what we'll say. But um, you know, where we had walked in at was where the deer were coming. And it was a pretty good marsh, and you could hear them running all the way around, you know, all morning. And I say all morning, it was probably, I don't know, an hour uh, before light that I would got there. And, uh, yeah, probably 10 after 7, quarter after 7. Um, I'd fidgeted it around just long enough that my gun was facing the wrong way. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, there's a deer head. 45 50 yards away just there it stood and my gun's facing the wrong way so well i'd shot enough stuff with my bb gun left-handed i just picked the thing up and yeah and it broke, it broke the seal as it lefty were. lefty and that you know only had the head to shoot at so that's what i hit and uh <laughs> pretty effective yeah um and uh and that started it i um from that point on, for about the first four or five deer I shot, every one of them was that way. And yep. uh, I kind of had a little nickname around around the, the campfire. Oh, you're being work. cocky is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. You're the it was, kid. I was you're more lucky, one, I more lucky than good, I guess. But um, So anyway, I had no idea about cleaning it or anything like that. And So first first morning, yeah. only day you get, you get an opportunity to do it left-handed. 20, 20 minutes after light. After Don't legal, go in there right away. Smack that thing. Oh, so, guy dead. I remember seeing feet in the air. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I stood by that thing for, I don't really know. I didn't have a watch on, but if somebody told me I stood by that <laughs> thing for 15 minutes, probably, oh, yeah, I couldn't so believe it. I couldn't believe yeah. I had I had, could not believe it. And, uh, so now I got to figure out what to do with the thing. Well, my dad had said if I shot one to come get him and he'd show me how to clean it. And then, so I went out, it was all the way across on the other side of the farm, pretty big farm at that time. It was my great granddad's farm and where my dad had grown up and I was three quarters of a mile away from him. So he came over, he, he was almost mad at me cause I, <laughs> so early. I didn't, yeah, pretty early, <laughs> you know, but, uh. Oh, you couldn't just text him. Couldn't just text. No, yeah, I, I stood out on the top of the hill and waved <laughs> my arms at him, and he came over and yeah. So, and I was the first nephew in the crew. So it was all them old boys and this little kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, oh boy, that we. And then back then we had a spot called the Ironwoods up on the top of the on the top of the hill, and we would always have a fire and roast sandwiches and make hot chocolate and things like that right on the fire you know great about scent control yeah who cares about that (laughs) nobody cared about that you know um and uh it was the greatest day of my life no doubt and yeah everybody was you know slapping you on the back and attaboy and all that you know and uh, well that's kind of like the that's like the epitome of like deer hunting in Michigan in the eighties. You know, that was like the group 
you know, oh, yeah. thing. Like gear camp was really live and well. Like you got together with your group of buddies and would do that. I mean, you you grew up in that. That was the time mm-hmm. to do it. And you got 100%. to experience that. I know that was the same. You know, I know Henry keeps like his thing is like everyone keeps calling me butt killer, you know, because all yeah. the relatives and everyone tells him that he doesn't even realize it. That's just like that's Aww. the community kind of like you've like are now a part of this like yeah. this thing. And I don't want to like say something greater because I mean it's not that spiritual, but it's more like just this like opportunity to live this style of life. And you were like, I guess you could kind of kind of be like a religion almost, like this outdoor. Like, I mean, you're it. part of that. You're taking the life. You're you know, you're eating it. You're doing all those things, and now you're part of that. So, it's pretty pretty cool, especially for the for the clan I'm part of. Yeah, we yeah, it's uh, that clan likes to kill deer. That's yeah, for sure. they're and they're pretty darn good at it too. Yep. Um, and uh, so what was so. I guess we didn't really do too much about your your. So you grew up on my grandpa had a farm. Mm-hmm. Still has it. Still has a farm. Grew up doing that. I hunt some cows. of the same ground I did when I was fifteen <coughs> years old. Yeah. Um, we've lost a lot of that. We had permission. At but one, dairy farming and yeah, did yeah. all that. You guys are outside doing every day. Yeah. So like, how many deer were around in the eighties? <clears throat> So I was thinking about that today a little bit. We um, another Roosevelt tradition was shining. We'd go out and and a lot of people did this, but and I don't think it's done very much anymore. A little bit, a little I would bit say, maybe. But like, uh, um, but we would always once second cutting hay got off, which would be tail end of July probably, um, and we'd had a lot of guys would have wheat ran by then, and corn was all you know uh pretty well established um you know your corn's coming off if you were chopping it it was going to come off in a month or two uh depending on how wet it was uh a lot of guys picked corn back then um a lot of the dairy guys would pick the corn and and, um so we would every sunday night get out of church come home my mom would uh you know, we would change our clothes. My dad and my brother and myself would hop in the car, and we had a route that we ran. And probably 17 miles, let's just say, 15 to 17 miles. And we did that every Sunday night from the 1st of October into November. It was legal. It was legal to do. Now I think you can only do it on your own ground. I don't even know if you yeah, can. I don't, know, I, really I don't even know the rules. Anymore. I haven't owned a spotlight. They got me in a lot of trouble when I was a kid, so <laughs> I don't have one anymore. Um, anyway, um, we would do that, and then we'd come back, and Mom would have a little lunch ready for us. Or we're talking like ten o'clock at night, and we, you know, so that was a big deal. But it was nothing for us to. We used to do where we'd try to count them because all you know you're you're some of them are so close to the road you you could count yeah um it was we would just kind of ballpark how many we would see um if we saw 150 it was average night yeah there was a lot of nights where we figured we saw 200 maybe 225 yeah um it didn't matter and the thing about it was too it was a parade. There were probably there were lights shining, shining on every yeah, hill. Say, it wasn't just you guys. No, Everyone no, 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 no. Everybody was doing it, and yeah. especially if somebody knew there was a buck, 
Like one would, time, one time somebody knew there was a, uh, this 12 point that everybody knew about. And I mean, you should have told tickets. It yeah. was, everybody was on that road shining that, that deer. That was my next question. You'd see 200 some, let's say 200 <coughs> deer. How many bucks do you think you never saw? Yeah. Like hardly maybe, maybe one, once in a blue moon, you'd see one. It close was a by big deal to see a buck. But you can confirm it was a buck, I guess. When you were shining, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, when you were shining, for sure. Yeah, and um, because I, you know, I was born ninety, so I can remember in probably like the mid late nineties, you know, seven years old, so ninety six to ninety nine. In there, I that was still pretty prevalent. We would still do the kind of tail end of it, but it was still going. And I remember it was a really big deal when we broke a hundred deer. Like when we're Mm -hmm. like, oh, we saw over a hundred this time. Like I didn't do it obviously as often, but. I remember that being a big thing. I still even remember then if we saw a buck, we were like, oh, my gosh, I saw two bucks. Yeah. And it could have been a spike and a four-point, but we saw two right. bucks. So that was still from the 80s to the 90s, that was pretty common. And then uh, so, like, just to kind of give people an example how many deer there were around this area and the limited bucks. Now, when you gun hunted opening day, how many shots did you – what year was that when you had that one day you made a <laughs> well, point you are going to count how many shots you I saw? made a point of it. I want to um, say that was like early 2000. Well, I, I lost that piece of ground. Or was that late 90s? I, I lost that piece that of ground to hunt. That was a that was a pasture, so it was kind of open. There was probably, oh, I don't know. I would say you could probably say it was open ground for three miles one way mm-hmm. and probably a mile and a half, you know, another way and two miles this way and a mile the other way or something like yeah, that. It so pretty, it was pretty it was open ground. Open so you ground. didn't have a lot of... And there were, but you got to, I mean, you got to so put it in perspective. What do you think this was? Like what, what, what time frame are we talking here? Like, do you think this was in the nineties or was this in the early 2000s? Early 2000s, I would say. I was late nineties, like early 2000s. Like, I was like 10 or 10 to 13, somewhere in there. I feel like so, I was. Let's see. Um, yeah, I'm going to say it was, uh, I want to say it was like 98. Okay, I'm gonna say so it was like 98. Off. So how many shots? Somewhere in that ballpark. You, how many? Tell me the if you remember. So the I had stats. sat there a couple years in a row, and uh, had heard so much gunfire. I thought this year I'm gonna count, and I'm just gonna keep track. And back then you have to remember too, nobody sat all day. Like, no, no, no. I was gonna say this is the crazy, crazy man that would sat all day. You should, you should, you would go 9:30. You know, people were back at the barn. You know, they were done yeah, telling everything about unloading that load and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. doing all the lying and whatever else that was going on with it. Storytelling. And eating some of grandma's apple pie, you know. Um, so I counted at 11 o'clock. I quit. I got down out of the tree and I was at 363. Crazy. And, you know, when you spend enough time in, in open country, you can tell different gun. You know, most mm-hmm. rifle guys will know. Um, and it got to the point, you know, you hear enough of it, you can tell which is a hit, which is a miss. You can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I heard a lot of gunfire in my life. And you could, you can always tell when one hits now, you know. Oh, yeah. So. Um, you sat all day this year, 42 years later, how many shots do you think you heard? Did I say 12 this year? I don't even think it was. I was going to say. Well, I, saw, I heard 12, but two were. Two was grandpa. Three yep, was two was grandpa, and then two were Henry. Which is kind of a light day for him, actually. Yeah, so we had, of the 12, four of us were on our property. Four of the shots I heard were on our property. So, other than our and property. And I didn't see only. 20. I didn't see 20 deer. 
No. Now, if you go back to, let's see, I graduated 85. I would say 83, 4, 5, somewhere in that neck of the woods, we got another piece of ground to hunt. And I was old enough to drive, so I started hunting that. And my dad, the the ground that Henry and you both shot your bucks on for first, that my dad and my brother hunted that piece, and I hunted the other piece. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, <coughs> so I'm going to say that I think we started renting. I think my dad rented that in 83. And uh, I hunted that in 85. I hunted that my senior year for sure. and might even done my junior. I shot my first buck there. Okay. Um, I sat at that place more often than I can count that I seen 150 deer and did not see a buck. Didn't see a buck. Crazy. No. I, I, the buck I actually shot, um, there was a lot of high bank rivers. The river went through there, and so there was a high bank and then some little thorn apple thickets that were all kind of through there and i was actually walking the high bank because a lot of times you could see him laying down in there and i jumped him and actually clipped him as he was running and long story short i i found him about an hour later and finished him off and and i was i had to been eight i was uh, it was high i was 18 yeah i was a senior so I'd hunted so four years. Think, why do you think that was? <laughs> I mean, you're 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 seeing there's a crazy amount of deer, and every doe had two fawns too. You know, it there's three hundred like, and some shots on opening morning essentially. Dude. Why was there so many does but just no bucks? You think it was just because everyone was shooting bucks so, only, or what was kind of like? I guess obviously to, we don't to know some for degree, sure, yes, that think? that was a big deal. Um, you know, there were, there were guys that I knew growing up that if you shot a doe, you know, that was the old, the old boys, like my dad's generation. Um, my dad got his first doe tag in 1959 when he was a senior. He was the only guy in all of them that got a doe tag. Mm-hmm. I think, and I'm not hundred percent certain about this, but I think 55, somewhere in there, they had, um, uh, if you bought a tag, it was an either sex tag and they absolutely slaughtered them. Yeah. Um, it's still impressed on these 80 some year old guys to this day, how many deer they saw every hood of every car that went by had a dead deer or two mm-hmm. or three on it, you know, and they just absolutely hammered them. The, uh, the old boys that came back from the war when they were gone for four or five years, cause back then you didn't go to the war for 14 months, you were gone for the duration. So yeah. some of the, most of the young men in that community were gone. So the deer population just went nuts. And there's ebb and flow, right? So we have this big kill off, and then they um, they had some pretty hard winters in there too. And I, you know, I'm not a historian, and I don't have all the numbers and the facts, but by the time the '70s rolled around, the deer population was back on the upswing, big time. Farming practices had changed a ton too, so um, a lot of the fence rows were gone. They, I can't remember the. Um, one of Nixon's guys uh, had said farm fence road or from ditch to ditch, he would say. Mm-hmm. So these guys were getting rid of everything. Corn was growing better. Everything was growing better. And um, we were still kind of the buck only because that was your man if you shot a buck, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So 
I think everyone that's in Michigan can relate to that. Oh, 100%. I mean, there's still guys that, oh, I shot my two, I got my two bucks this year. I got my buck. Would, you know, it's such a big deal. It it's didn't so matter ingrained. if it was a three and a half inch spike. He was no, the first guy back buck, to the man. camp. Mm-hmm. And that did absolutely nothing to help our the herd out. Um, funny thing, my uncle um, had a dairy farm down the road from us for a couple, three miles. And he had a hayfield right directly behind the barn. There was a pasture there and a hayfield. And the deer would, I mean, they'd come up behind the tool shed. You know, they, it, <laughs> they were, anyway, he was walking from the tool shed to the barn and he saw half dozen deer out there, whatever. And he saw one jump up on the back of a doe. Like, well, went to the pickup, grabbed his rifle out, went around the corner of the tool shed <laughs> and waited. Sure enough, that thing jumped on back again, smoked it, finished chores, went out there with a tractor. It was a button buck. Yeah. And more guys that I know, they would see that quite regular, that button bucks were which is just a, such a, it's just I don't know if they were the actually ratios. doing the work, but they were just the they were there. They so, were trying. Yeah, the ratios were just so <laughs> right. skewed because there's so many does and they can't get covered. So, you know, like what a stark difference it's got tremendous. Now. And tremendous. then you compare that to Iowa, what we've seen t- being there, it's just like uh, what a healthy deer herd is supposed to look and act like. Yeah, is not that night and day. Not seeing a hundred does what, a sit and our interpretation no, of what was crazy and you know like the population we just looked at a population now you go to where we went to just now and you see deer being deer and doing deer things and acting as they should yeah with age class and structure and all those different things that we have learned is non-existent for the majority of your hunting career in michigan (laughs) i i would say the first 20 years of my life it was i had no idea what a two-year-old buck looked like yeah no idea no idea okay so well, it's kind of like we're kind of tearing up. So you, you talked about your you got your first buck when you're 18 with a gun, yep. but but before that, at up to that point, you had started bow hunting, mm-hmm. you know, and then kind of like how was your journey with that going through the t- through that? Like <laughs> I know you uh, miserable, yeah. <laughs> um, I was really really good at missing. Yep, <laughs> you had lots of opportunities. I had, but... it was a target rich environment, and I was slinging. Yep. Um. Funny, funny story so about still, that. Were, did you shoot like that white? So when did you get the the bow? I the golden eagle because I remember you had me set that bow up for me when I was a little kid. When did you start so, shooting that bow? There's a gent by the um, John Everhart brought them to Jay's, mm-hmm. I believe, in eighty. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to get that wrong, but I'm going to say eighty eight. I think. Okay. I didn't get to Jay's. I actually bought that first one from the outdoorsman because I was okay. I was hunting. I was hanging out with a bunch of guys I played ball with, and we all shot there. Did you still shoot that instinctively? Oh yeah. So I when, didn't put a sight on. I put a sight on that bowl later. Okay. Um, so you when shot I tore my arm up. instinctively for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or because you, you had a wheeled or the the whitetail hunter was a wheeled bow, right? Yeah. Had the can. It had the wheels, but they were on a bracket that set off from the yep. limb instead of the split limb or the, the way yeah. things are now. Uh, and it had cables that ran to the riser, and it so was that it was eagle, a pretty... That's the first bow I oh I had a little kid bow you bought me when I was twelve, mm-hmm. but I remember when I was thirteen or fourteen, I used the golden eagle. That golden eagle no was kind let of let off, right? 
no let off. It's, it would send one, man. It would. We do shot. <laughs> we were shooting uh, telephone pole size arrows. Yeah, twenty three. Yeah. I forget what they were. Yeah, because you shot tapered so that barrel. Was that old? I never realized. I mm-hmm. guess at the time I had no idea. I just thought it was awesome that I was using this adult. And what what was cool about that bow for me, looking back on it, it was a recurve style mm-hmm. compound, and. So when I shot it, I could sh- it shot very similar to some of the bigger recurves that I had shot. Yeah, it was a little smoother. Um, it didn't stack quite like a. I was pretty effective with that. Did I, you I, shoot your first buck with that bow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> we used to shoot beer cans. Uh, we'd lay them on the, you know, and try to shoot the hole. Yeah. And me and Rich and a couple different guys that I knew, um, we. You know, I got to where I was pretty handy at that. Well, not just too. making the beer cans empty either. Say, yeah, I, get, I say you're probably really good at emptying the beer <laughs> well, cans out. You I'm know. pretty good at that too. But, <laughs> um, yeah, we and we shot and shot and shot and shot and. Um, so shoot, you're talking. So when did you start get? So I know you messed your arm up, but then you started dabbling into the. As I like started bow hunting, so like 2002 was my mm-hmm. first year. I remember the struggle was still oh. kind of there for you. And yeah, that that softball playing, you know, I wasn't getting paid very much for that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I tore up my shoulder and my arm somehow. I don't know what. And, of course, deer season comes right, you know, you start shooting right when you get done playing ball. And yeah. we were actually shooting. But I didn't shoot. That year I didn't shoot much at all because my arm was so sore. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. do anything. My elbow hurt terrible. And... My goodness, when I picked it up, I was, oh, it was miserable. I had no business being in the woods. Yeah. I mean, I was that bad. Um, and that, there was so many things now that I know, but I had nobody to talk to. Yeah, because, really. like, you know, like, I'm trying to think, like, even that time frame, but, like, compound hunting was a thing, but, like, the access to information, nothing like nothing. it is. Like, there has been last No, I mean, years. target panic? Who knew what that was? Yeah. Nobody knew what that was. That's what I had. Yeah. <laughs> but you think? I had no idea. It was undiagnosed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you can only oh, self-medicate. Gosh, I don't know how old I was. I remember <clears throat> you came home. We were up north and, uh, you know, got the barns and stuff out back. So every time someone would come back from hunting, if you shot something, you drove down to the barn. Yep. Or you backed up to the window if it was a buck, and then you'd drop tailgate and show everyone the house. So grandma so, could see it. So grandma could see yeah. it. Yep. And I was, I like, I was little. I couldn't hunt yet, but, like. It'd be, I very probably Henry's age. Yeah, I was probably Henry's age. Yeah. I remember you whipped the truck in, you backed up, and I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we get our stuff on, and you drop tailgate, and there's this big stump, or this, like, broken balsam brain, tree. balsam tree with, yeah. with arrows sticking out. <laughs> two of them. <laughs> two arrows on the same spot. Within eight inches of yeah, each other, maybe. Yeah, two deer, and hit the same, same trail. Same trail, hit oh, the same tree. miserable. You brought that tree back with yeah, you. Yeah, so uh, the only got. thing I was going to be eating was balsam soup that year. Yeah, oh, that's the year you hit, a, you hit a fence line. You hit a fence that year, too. If it could have went wrong, it did. I want to yeah. say you were 0 for 13 in that stretch. In the stretch there, I was. Yeah. And actually, the deer that I broke the seal on, or that I got out of my funk with, I had missed that deer about two hours before I actually yeah. shot it. And, so, you, uh, your bow hunting journey. Miserable. Po- Polar How do you love something hunting? so much that drives you insane? Well, I'm married, so yes. I, I got a pretty good handle on that. But, <laughs> but uh, um, I love that sport so much, and I love being in a tree, and I love seeing them critters, and I loved, I just loved deer, and I hated it <laughs> because I knew when I went out there, <coughs> I was going to have a story about a miss. And my brother, you know, he killed a lot of deer with a bow. 
Um, we tracked a lot of deer that my brother shot too. So, but you guys, like, you're the first generation though. So, like, that's what's kind of cool. Like, you we learned so you much. You learned a lot, and then all of it the hard way. And then you there dabbled. was no information. To, no, no just, nothing. You guys, this is a point of reference. Local shot fields. Yeah, but you know they they're not hunting the deer we're hunting. You know what I mean? No, they're, I'm just talking like from just a gear archery gear perspective. Like, yeah, there was what you learned was what you saw on. Field Michigan Outdoors, Red and Field and Stream, yeah. or when you went to the pro shop to buy arrows, whatever you could glean there, that was, was about it. Yeah, and everybody's in the same boat, though. Yeah. You know, like, there wasn't no, I don't know, wonder, you know, let's, you know, check the pocket Google machine and see what it's got to say about target yeah. panic. You know, yeah. there was none of that. And you would talk to guys, you'd shoot. So we would shoot together, and that really helped. So... You know, we'd all take turns kind of watching each other. Mm-hmm. And this was long before, you know, the sites that you have now are dynamite, right? Yeah. Um, it's almost it's almost cheating to me how much better it is today than it was. Yeah. But I remember watch, having one of the guys watch me, and he's like, dude, you're pulling your head, you know. You're absolutely yanking your head mm-hmm. off that string. I'm like, what? And I didn't even – I couldn't tell. Yeah. It's still something I fight today, actually. Yep. Yep. Um, it's been a curse. <laughs> it is a curse. Um, so you've had your journey. It's been yeah. great. I remember you, I'm just trying to help with the timeline right. here. I remember when I started bow hunting, um, you were kind of dabbling into like getting a compound all set up. You'd bought a new compound, not brand new, but a used compound. You had a new release. Yeah. You had a peep site. You had all these things because you were really struggling. I remember you... You killed some deer maybe with it, and then you're like, you got to the point where you're like, I'm th- done with this thing. I threw it all. In. I remember getting you gave back. me that bow. I, I was did. Like, I got big enough. I like, just. I was like 16. You're like, you know what? <laughs> See if this bow works for you because I'm done. I'm picking I'm, up the recurve. Yep. Yeah, I did. Back stick and string. And that was a really good stretch for you. Oh, man. You that. that that was, it was like, it was like I was home, mm-hmm. you know, like, because that's how I'd learn. And I shot the bow on a cant, you know, like, like uh, I was taught. Um, did the three instinctive. finger instinctive, yeah, instinctive three finger yep. deal. Um, um, shot a actually shot a bear. What was that thing? I think I think the bow I started back in on was like a forty year old bear bow, green one. Yeah, was it a? Oh, Magnum? I can't remember what that thing was. No. Kodiak Magnum. No, it wasn't a Kodiak Magnum. It was. I have a Kodiak Magnum. But oh, okay. Um, I wanted a Kodiak hunter, but I couldn't find one. Um, but once I started shooting that, that bear and I, I think I bought it at a garage sale. Yeah. Actually. That's what I said. I remember you gave like 35 that. bucks or something stupid mm-hmm. like that. I put new string on it. Got arrows for it. I found, got some, I built some arrows for it, had some arrows built for it mm-hmm. and I was off to the races and that was, oh man. And, and in the meantime, my buddy Rich um he had bought a golden eagle the same time as me we were really pretty good buddies you know we never really hunted together but we shot together and we lived together when we were down here and then he had moved back up north and about the same time he had kind of started on a recurve journey too so we would go to there was a archery shop in granville um not there anymore i'm not going to mention the name because things kind of went sideways yep. over there but um we would go over there and there was guys that were shooting and there was information there and there were these guys were the 
like they knew what was up, you know. And you'd go there on a Tuesday night, and there'd be 10 guys shooting, 15 guys shooting, and they would, some of these old boys would help you out and talk to you about this and fingers and how to hold and all that stuff. And, man, it was like that was your internet, you mm-hmm. know. That was your YouTube, I guess. Yeah, that was your YouTube. <laughs> I was just say that, yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, that was the that was the most fulfilling whitetail hunt I've ever had. Um, don't get me wrong, I love killing them with a with a rifle too, but to be up there with that stick and that string and I don't know, good stuff. Good stuff. And you killed a few of them. I did. Curve too, and whatever doing. I did. That. Probably you know, your bigger bow bucks you've shot. I did. Your bigger bow yeah, bucks you've shot with I that. think. Uh, and I. Um, it taught me a lot more about um, how to do, how to build a set, you know, a, a set. How to? I was how just to, gonna say that. That yeah, kind of that like, that was kind of what brought you. You doing I had, that helped yes, me out a lot tremendously. Because I think we so. started getting into like the, well, it's kind of like the perfect storm. Here I am starting a bow hunt. Yep. Very driven. Very want to do this more up north, kind of far away. So you got some permission close to the house. Yep. I had whatever. We kind of like these things mm-hmm. it's like okay i gotta get these deer within 20 yards of me and i'm like yeah i'm a kid like let's get these deer you know let's do this 12 We're is in the better woods. We're, yeah 12 <laughs> is good yeah it's a sweet spot yeah so yeah that was kind of like when we kind of like together hanging hunt and not really hanging hunt but like we're moving this tree stand or we're hanging this set here we're gonna do this and like opposed to like where you grew up you guys had your spots kind of like you didn't really everything was a lot it was field edge hunting essentially yeah well, that's all there's we so do. many deer you, right you go in the woods they all run away so you're like let's just hang out on the edge of the field let's shoot them on their way out here, I, I would, thing. to go along with that edge hunting one night you know of course everybody brought a quiver full of arrows right six of them and a, <laughs> yep um my brother i was old enough to drive i don't know if he was or not but i remember coming coming back to the pickup and he was sitting on the tailgate, and I thought, well, maybe we got to drag one. And as I walked up, his bow was sitting on the bed of the truck, and there ain't an arrow in that quiver. <laughs> and I was feeling a little dumb because mine was, I think I had one arrow left, maybe two. <laughs> and uh, I come back and said, man, I said, how many we got to drag up? He said, oh, man, it's been a rough night, you know. And we found out later something was boogered up on his site, I think, or something like that. But he had gotten down. He'd shot all six. <laughs> he got down and picked them as many as he could find and oh, shot two more after gosh. that. So I, th- I think he missed eight times that night. But we were kids, you know. Well, anyway. He was learning. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You guys had – that was a completely different style of hunting than what, what we did. But what that did teach us was um, why deer did what they did. Like, we figured out – and then when you got old enough, we could kind of understand like how they use the ridges, how they use the high and low spots, how they use the wind, how they use the the edges, how the you know a lot of the things that we know today we learned the hard way. Yeah. But because we would see the tails running away, or yes. we would. Um, but you, yeah, I was gonna say like you having to hunt. I just remember that one little property we had that was you know permission twenty property. acres. 20 acres, great. I mean, I got a buck on the wall. Yeah, I we shot there. hammered them shot, there. Yeah, we shot a lot of deer there. But I remember we, we every, that was like, we were like, we got to figure this out. Like, okay, we, let's move, we got to move this set to that tree. Or we got to, yep. we got to walk in here. Like, 
that's when we started experimenting with the dropping people off and the, the walking. Thing, you know, instead of driving, we'd walk that you yeah. know, down the road a long ways to get there. Yeah, and that was and like the, the other thing we learned about for, that like, too was us. when me and my when me and your uncle were kids, we hunted every day. Yep. So we were doing chores. You know, we had chores to do every night after school. One of us was in a tree stand every night on that piece of ground. Yep. Every night, and if we got home from school and we busted out early, like early season. We would fly through chores, you know. I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if the cows gave any milk, <laughs> but we we would have everything ready for dad, and we would be out the door, and mom would take us over there, you know. And uh, we hunted every day. But one one of the things we learned later on was, especially with that little piece you're talking about, is you don't have to hunt every day to be good. Nope. You don't have, and it's probably well, actually, we've learned it's better, way better, yeah. way better, and you know. And then why is a deer doing that today? Well, wind and different things, you know. So, um, yeah, that yeah, quite the evolution of you know deer hunting in Michigan. This is like all Michigan stuff too. And like. I'm and I don't think I'm anything special at all. I think every guy that's my age probably went through all pretty Same similar thing. experiences. Maybe I might have been a little bit fortunate that I lived in dairy country and I had, target rich environment. Definitely and I helps. had some of the best ground around to hunt. You know, and all the old Dutch farmers around loved me and my brother, so they were like, ah, go kill him. You yeah, know? go kill him. They, they didn't deer. care. Eat us out of the house and, and home. Yeah, they're, yeah. yeah. Something your granddad still says to this day. Yep. But, um, um, so, like, yeah, we can transition that into kind of, like, modern day or, like, right now mm-hmm. for us hunting. I know I've said this before on a podcast, like, you and my uncle started the, the four-by thing, shoot, 20 years ago. 2001, we started that. 2001, mm-hmm. started doing that. Um and that was a big deal. Like I never, oh, I remember when you guys, your grandpa was not happy. No, with I us. can't believe you passed them things. You know? <laughs> but uh, I know it was a big deal. Oh yeah, I saw a six point. Oh, I passed this or I passed I, this. You know, I, I just thought that. about that today. That first year, I let go twelve different bucks that year. Yep, I remember that was a huge deal. And I thought I was Barry Wenzel. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was. A, I thought I was a. You know, I couldn't believe. I let one go, let alone. But the fact that we saw 12, too, that was really, like, I'd never seen that many bucks in a year. Holy curly. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, so that, that's a great point, because I was actually thinking about this. I don't know if I watched a, I watched a video or something made me think about it. Oh, I sent you this, the the meme that was going around, when you're sitting in a blind with a brownest down guy. Yeah, yeah. And all you hear is, bing. Yeah, because the one yeah. dude shooting already, it's the yeah. Nicholas Cage and that guy with Pedro or something. I don't yeah, know what Pascal hilarious. or whatever. Pascal, yeah, yeah, hilarious. Pretty awesome. But I was just thinking that I was like, you know, how many times of the nice buck I've shot, it's like 50-50 shot. Either he's the first deer I see, or he's not the first deer I see. So like half of the bucks I've killed, if I would have shot the first deer that came out that night or that morning. I probably never got shot at the other deer, at the big deer, because I would have blew Guaranteed. the whole thing. And, like, this year, the seven point. And I'd take that chance more so than killing the first one. Yeah, I would say there's a – yeah, I think I've just been fortunate with where I – the priorities yeah. of hunt, I can kind of backdoor mm-hmm. stuff. But the seven point this year, October 22nd, if I would have been – like, I had doe tags in my pocket. And if I would have smoked one of those first does that came by, blew up the entire night and never would have seen this deer because mm-hmm. he was right in that wheelhouse – and I'm just like, I was thinking that. I was like, how many guys have been like, oh, you know, been a tough year, don't see nothing. And as soon as they finally see something, they get all antsy, 
smoke the first six point to see or shoot the first doe they see or whatever and it's like there's a lot of times like i'll sit and i don't see a deer but then when i do see a deer i just like okay let's see let's it's working give it a minute give it a minute so that's another thing like when you pass deer it's a big man i so you guys started passing deer that early so that was in 2001 that's when i was 11 i hunted the next year the bow Mm -hmm. i could shoot whatever i wanted um, and it took, I did not shoot anything with my bow until I was like 18 or 17 on that property, but I shot a few with my gun and I was fortunate to shoot, you know, they're just year and a half old deer. But I remember once I got those, I shot two. We didn't understand age, by the way. No, to go we had no idea that. what that was. Like your bro, your uncle and I had just said four by, cause in our mind, eight point was giant like, yeah right like, I'm throwing that thing in the pickup. I'm driving dude, all over eight points. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. It was point meant age. To, yes point met age so a 10 point had to be 100 right yeah I mean, oh yeah that was you know, an old deer yeah. right i had no idea that a deer in michigan could live to be five and a half years old yep. nuts it's that, pretty hard to do yeah that was in 2000 early 2000s mm-hmm. so 20 years later are the difference but uh i remember got to shoot the first couple deer i saw and then once i did that i was like you know what i'm kind of done and then it used to be spikes were fair game though like that was kind of for a little bit of time we were like oh yeah spikes never gonna amount to anything so we'd shoot spikes for a very little bit of time and then uh something came out maybe when trail cameras started firing up the study and it was like okay spikes are not once a spike was not it always charlie spike. um uh, what was yeah his name? that guy right there i got a picture uh, from uh, charlie white or Arsheimer, whatever. whatever yeah i think that's his picture right i there. learned a lot from that guy i can't pronounce it i never learned how to say his name but yeah he had that he, little thing he hunted with out. a camera all yes. over upper and that Midwest was right around that time we heard about that. So incredibly like, oh, incredibly intelligent guy either. about deer. Knew stuff about deer that mm-hmm. he probably forgot more than half of us. You know, yep. I mean, it's just crazy how much he knew. So then, yeah, so I'm trying to. And he tracked a buck. He met, he tracked a buck. That's what actually, if I remember right, I want to say the state was like New York or something like that. And he ended up getting that deer over the course of its life. Um, I don't know. It would had a yeah, like pretty distinctive, pretty crazy. distinctive marking to it. And, uh, and I'm probably hammering that state. I don't know what state it was, but we were all like, we saw that and we're like, oh, yeah. Nuts. That's when the gears start turning. <laughs> like, like, man. Oh, these deer get this much bigger every year? Like, what? Like, I remember that was like a light bulb moment Behavior. going off. Yeah. So, yeah, 16, 17. So, to I back that like, up just a little bit, yeah. the reason I, one of the reasons, so I um, decided when you were probably, Oh, six, eight, ten, somewhere in there. Maybe I had decided that I was going to be. Um, um, it started to occur to me that I had a lot of children. If they ever wanted to hunt, the numbers that I was seeing were going down. I can't kill every deer I see. Mm-hmm. And you were, I mean, it was pretty obvious that you were going to be a part of this. I think you were two years old. I think I hauled you out there and I did like a half a mile walk with you wrapped up in a sleeping bag and mm-hmm. your little daisy yeah, there's a picture pop floating around somewhere of that yeah. yeah and uh but it every year it seemed like at that point we were seeing less and less but were we seeing less deer yeah we were seeing less does but we actually were seeing more bucks mm-hmm. and that kind of clicked like hold on they're on their feet okay they're looking mm-hmm. you actually have seen rutting activity exactly kind of stuff. yeah exactly um and we were seeing deer 
you know, we were seeing bucks in the middle of the day. Like, you drive around, you know, driving back. I'm like, what the world? There's a buck stand in the middle of that field at, <laughs> you know, 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, then we kind of put all that together, you know. Yeah, then the QDMA kind of thing, 4 by mm-hmm. thing started. South of them, like, APR, but before it was the thing. And then, man, I know, like, 2009, 2008 was the first year I bought trail cameras. And then I started doing trail cameras around here where we live. And then I was like, oh, my goodness. And then I was like, okay, oh if it word. can happen here, it can happen up there. So then it was like our whole kind of world. And that's when we were hunting, you know, a lot by our down here, mm-hmm. you know, the Kent County area. We're seeing nice mm-hmm. bucks and passing deer. Like, hey, let's not shoot this six-point because there's eight points running around because we have trail cam pictures of them. And uh, so then we kind of – that kind of was going on down here. We That same thing kind of translated up there. Uh, up north and it was like well there's way more bucks up here it feels like but there was just a, such a high turnover every year because so many neighbors and other people were just they'd see them all bow season you and uncle and me would see a bunch of little bucks during bow season mm-hmm. and then opening day gun season you know mow them down mow, and that's when we mm-hmm. had walkie talkies so you'd like surf the channels oh yeah so they yeah. got they got three six points over there yeah. like, oh so and so's got a five point and so you always you knew like what surf. families kind of where they were, you yep. know, so you're like, oh, they were northwest of us, and you could just hear so them. For, yeah, so for, yeah. like, years, for, like, quite a handful of years, it was like, yeah, we'd see all these little bucks during bow season. We You'd pass them, and then gun season come along, still passing them, and then you just never get, like, the return. Like, there would your age class, our age class never really changed. Granted, there was some would slip through the cracks, like, two-year-old eight points were getting shot. And yeah. Maybe neighbor would shoot a three-year-old, like, very rarely. And I can get back this up with my friend Matt, who's a taxidermist up there, like talking to him over the he's years. He's making a good there. living now. Yeah, he's doing good. At, <laughs> and then the APRs hit, oh. and it changed it up there, like dramatically. It took a few years, but then once that happened, and we started getting more neighbors involved, it is unreal what it's turned to up there. And I, but that's that's the kind of thing I talked about in the podcast last week. Like, there's so many hunters in Michigan. That's that high turnover is like. R- r- real like How, where are we at now with with uh in numbers in the, oh in 540 000 hunters i think I, well so the thing is i did it online i just looked on the same websites for everything but uh yeah what i find for michigan on the website now i don't i'm assuming yeah they, they think there's 540,000 deer hunters in michigan last mm-hmm. year 2022 and then i think i heard something on a podcast this week like 800,000 uh, tags maybe get sold or something like that or maybe it was a million tags i don't really know how that was when i was a senior or the year after i think it was 1.2 million hunters mm. well or tags so back then how they like a bow hunter was an individual and a gun hunter okay was that was my next question yeah um if i recall that correctly you got your back tag you get your that you had to you know your uh passbook and your tag was mm-hmm. enough and you had to wear it on your back and you would buy, um, you would buy an uh, archery tag, which was either or. But if you kill the buck, you weren't killing a buck with a gun. Okay. So, well, I was just like, what I was trying to say is like legally, <laughs> even with like you and a select few of us passing little deer, there were so many hunters that were not on that same mindset. We never saw the return on that. No. And for 40, years, how many 40, years 50, do you think it took for that to happen? Oh, was there ten years in there? Probably where, all of that. Where all of that we never miserable really yeah like you just yeah. you would pass all these deer and then the next year comes like we're seeing the exact same kind of year and a half old bucks where are the other ones and then i started running we started running trail cameras it's like okay 
were right. There's no two-year-old buck. There might be like two or three two-year-old bucks. So that's it. The rest are all year and a half olds. And then APRs hit. And then every year since APRs, it's gotten better. And that is because of, I think, APR for one, allowed <clears throat> people to like mm-hmm. get that fulfillment, like you said, like I'm Barry Wenzel, like passing all these right. bucks. <laughs> like they kind of had their hand forced. So we actually had a lot of deer go by. And then they can, then they, and then also with social media and trail cameras becoming more prevalent, guys can actually see what deer they do have on their properties. Right. So I think it was kind of the perfect storm for that. So it's like now it's very common to see three year olds turn into four year olds like for us, like in these properties and they, because we have a much bigger area of people on board with that. And that same thing happens down here in Kent County too, because I have properties that are good, not because of me or because I'm this great hunter, but because the I mean, you're pretty fair hand at it. I mean, I put my work in and, yeah, time right. and you know, I'm, I'm, I work well, really hard. Luck is that it. place where skill and preparation meet, yes. right? But if I didn't have neighbors on board or, you know, I guarantee you I'm not the only person that passed some of these deer that I've shot. That would be the hope. That would be the hope. Maybe the hope. it, maybe that's that crazy that, you know, like the buck, I don't have the teeth back yet, but like that seven and a half year old buck, like I would love to know how many people probably either passed him to get to that point or didn't, you know, or he was just a seven or point. never saw him. I don't know. But then the, <laughs> and the, but then the other deer, you know, he's four and a half year old. Like I, I wonder how many people have seen him as a year and a half and a two and a half year old buck and didn't shoot him, you know? Um, my, my definition of success has changed from filling the truck up with brown hide from that point. Cause just killing one, like that was your definition. Yes. My definition of success now is, um, seeing what he can become Yeah, and being a part of that, whether that be habitat, whether that be a food source, whether that be, um, he walks by and I give him a pass, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I take a great deal of satisfaction out of that. I haven't needed to have deer meat in my freezer in 20 years. Yeah, it's not a need. I ate a lot of that growing up. Um, fed you kids that because that's I was dirt floor poor, you know, and mm-hmm. I had a lot of babies and and. Uh, <clears throat> but man, to see these deer and and to see what this is uh, and what it can become, that is. That's pretty cool to me. And it's worth the gamble. 100%. I was just thinking that back in my head. We had how many years? I think this is the We had one this year, year that kind of hurt a little bit. Yep. They all hurt. <laughs> they I mean, all hurt. We, this one hurt really bad. And we're kind of like, and like it's hard to, so we're trying to shoot a five and a half year old buck. Five and a half, yep. That's and cool. there's, and like why, why do you want to shoot a five and a half year old buck on that property? Because to me, I think that will um, show full circle yeah to me that that piece of property my dad bought as a piece of hunting property in 1979 or 80 i can't remember what year he bought it but and because he had he wanted a legacy Mm -hmm. because his home farm the one that i killed my first deer on i because i came along there was no room for the next my cousins yeah the next generation so there was three people that owned that farm my dad wasn't one of them yeah even though he grew up there it was kind of a deal where he didn't get an opportunity to buy in when the buy-in happened and so i was taking up a spot that my cousins and by the way my cousins that whole deal um you know 
my cousins are now are at that same point. We're mm-hmm. all like the same mindset. We all grew up the same way, but now we're all yeah trying to get the quality of correct better for generation and generation. So my definition now of legacy is you and whoever else that comes along. Um, my grand boy, grandkids I don't have yet. They're going to be able to hunt deer. Um, it's sustainable. Um, we're the things we're talking about doing now so that, you know, we're going to plant things and do things and cut trees and do habitat and all Mm -hmm. that so that maybe Henry's boy kills his first buck there. Yeah. And to me, because five and a half, if five and a half year old bucks, like, yes, they have big antlers. If you've got five and a half year old bucks, it means you have a healthy deer. Everything's right. That's like that. Yes. Yes. In Michigan. In Michigan. If you've got that figured out, you've got it all figured out. You've got a sustainable deer herd that the age structure is right. You should have a healthy balance of everything in between. So that means Mm -hmm. if you want Henry, for example, Henry's shooting his first buck, there should be year and a half old bucks that he can take out. 100%. And there should be the tier levels of bucks that you can take out. And the heartache of passing four and a half year old bucks for four years in a row. Yeah. That we haven't hunted or shot these deer. And then to have them get shot during. We gun have a four and a half year old buck to let go. Which that and it's I was just gonna say that's that a home in run. itself is a that home is run. That is a home yes. run. And that's yeah, and it's been the heartache of someone else shooting that deer. It's still but, better. It's still I still have it that is not like if you scale it, heartache is on one side. Yeah. But the enjoyment of having a four year old on this property and the opportunity for it to possibly make it outweighs that. So still like we're we're talking about and I can I wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit. So this year on that piece of property, that four and a half year old deer that we're talking about, um, I had him twice in rifle range and I wouldn't have had to been a very good shot to make either one of them happen. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how enjoyable that was. You were so giddy. I was just, I, <laughs> you were, if too, I would have gave that, oh, if I would have gave awesome. that deer a ride in my pickup, I don't think I would have been as happy as no. I was to see him. And, uh, I know the gent that shot him. It is Great pretty buck. Like dude, <laughs> thing fantastic. So awesome. And one of them deals, like I've known that, I, I mean, I grew up with that gentleman. He's a few years older than me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it ain't his best buck, it's pretty darn close. Yeah, and how and, you can't be mad about that. No, not at all. Not at all. Every, I made a choice. You made a choice. We all made yeah. a choice, right? Dude, I just, man, that buck coming in last year, mm, snort wheezing and running yeah. the other one off and making a scrape and rubbing 18 yards away, just snot coming on his head. I was shaking so bad in that Ooh. tree, and I didn't have the bow off the hanger. And, you know, so, I mean, these are experiences that you're getting. And if the numbers in the way they were back in the day, when stuff was like it was, you would never – Saw that kind of thing. Never. I, I was telling someone, I uh, did a podcast talking about, like, he's like, you call it deer. And I was like, yes, but it depends. He's like, well, like, you go out of state. How's, I was like, it works. I have better, like, if you're like, hey, you have to call a buck in. Do you think you have a better chance of doing it in Michigan or in Illinois or Missouri or Iowa? I'd be like, yeah, any of those other three probably have a better chance at Michigan. He's like, well, why do you think that is? Because there's not as many mature bucks in Michigan. So right. the aggressive calling is more foreign to them. But every year, like, I hear more grunting. I hear more calling. I mean, I sh- I called Jake the second buck I shot in 250 yards across the field. The most aggressive grunt I've ever done. He came in on a mm-hmm. beeline because they're getting this herd dynamic better, which ties into what we've noticed in Iowa. Correct. So 
the seeing that deer and how giddy you were and like these guys are shooting these four-year-old bucks and they are awesome bucks from michigan like nothing against that like these not are at all we're like not trying to see be here and be like man i can't believe they shot that deer it's not that at all <coughs> that's the gamble you take and that's the reward you kind of have like correct making that pass it okay i'm finding here's passing, what i look at okay, this is a yeah. great thing passing those three and four-year-old deer that i pass is more rewarding and it feels different than passing a three or four old buck in Iowa or in Illinois, because there's a really good chance that I'm not the neighbor ain't going to shoot him either. You know? So it's like, it's really, Oh cool. You just, I'm, there's not as much meaning to that oh, as to expand on, to me. expand on that point a little bit. I don't know how many States I've been to now. Several. Oh, I counted probably, it up. Yeah. You can keep talking about count it up. Man. You know, I, I, I've been around, um, see in other parts of the world and uh, whitetail world whitetails are my thing right i don't hunt anything else i just i'm just a whitetail guy mm-hmm. um so we've been to tennessee yeah we've kentucky. been to illinois we've been to kentucky did you hunt tennessee yep yeah you hunted tennessee so tennessee times, kentucky actually. um illinois, illinois a couple times missouri iowa, iowa. so that's five mm-hmm. that we've hunted and we've hunted different areas in each of those states too. different terrain different yeah. terrain yeah like we've I've covered, we've covered Illinois, a couple different spots, Missouri, we've been to a few different spots. So we've had some of the, the, you know, stereotypical good whitetail hunting areas we've right. hunted in for that. Right. So, yeah. What I was going to say was, um, I, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am leaving whitetail hunting better than I found it. Yeah. And the that journey i guess um i had no idea when i was a kid what i was what i was starting on um i have i have um i have a soft spot in my heart for um a guy who's a conservationist um that came from my farming background um my dad was a steward of the land he was doing cover crop long before anybody was doing cover crop. He knew about that from some old boy from the 30s. Um, deer are what I farm. Mm-hmm. And um, it uh, it's it's when I see that, when I see that uh, the health of them, you know what I don't find, what we don't find is we don't find dead ones laying around either. When I was a kid, we used to find dead ones. We'd go bunny hunting. Yeah. You'd, it almost would reek in that woods. Well, not every year, but the winters were so much different too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there wasn't as much food for them. Bucks are more run down because they're rutting so Way more harder, run down. You know, way more. Doing all that stuff. So I mean, We found was, so many year and a half old bucks dead back yeah. then because they were wore out. Mm-hmm. You know, why didn't we see any bucks during when we saw all them does? <laughs> well, they were busy. Yeah, they were busy. <laughs> they were busy that. and they were wore out. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. It's, um, getting an opportunity to see a deer in a McBain area where we're from and, or the, that surrounding area. I mean, I'm going to tell you what, there's some boys in that neck of the woods that are pretty darn good deer hunters. Yeah. I, I, and they are effective. I was just going to say you. that. Know how to kill deer. They know how to kill deer. Like These our, boys are on point. Yes, that's that's a... 
It's been such a religion to these guys. Yes. It's generations of killing deer. Oh. And I don't want to, like, I'm not trying to say, like, killing, like, as in, like, uh, um, trying to blood use thirsty. it as, like, a bloodthirsty. No, no, no. Just, like, these guys are going out. It's opening day of gun. It's opening day of bow season. They're attacking the woods. And they're killing a deer. Like well, they're not gonna, they're not gonna be unsuccessful. In most of them deer. come from a farm background, and the deer was competition for the cow. Yeah. So there was a study done at one time what a white-tailed doe, a milking white-tailed doe with two fawns, what she would consume in a day of dry matter, and it was a little better than half of what a milking cow would need to mm. produce in a day so if you felt if that so if you drove by a field and we saw 50 deer in it that was 25 cows that weren't eating that day yeah lack of or less food for them we're, and and where's it going to come from well yeah. the farmers got to buy it. so these guys and boy the block tag thing that's a whole nother discussion yeah. right the <laughs> The, well, that's just the, that's the crazy thing. It, that's why Michigan hunting is getting better because these guys that have grown grew up doing that, killing the deer, doing that thing, it wasn't really helping the herd. There wasn't any more bigger bucks. Now you have this movement of these guys who are good at killing deer are kind of you know doing this thing. They're making the choice to not shoot these smaller deer. These letting these bucks go, and it is getting better. Like that's yeah. I think that is the number one thing that the only reason why Michigan has gotten better is because. Of trigger control, and that could be release control or whatever. I'm just using that as an example, but it's it's on us as the hunters to an extent. You know, you have to have that self control, and not every guy is going to have that. No, like I said, cool. that he like bought a go, tag too. He can do whatever he wants with that the, tag. But the problem know? is, Michigan's got so many more hunters. Their percentage of True. people that do that is higher than in some of these other Midwest states. And you know, we're so that's why there's a little, got to be a little more vocal. I think in certain things, or help your neighbors out and do that. I kind of broke that down too, like. We go to we went to Iowa twice, Mecca. And we've been to the process for the last day of their gun first gun season. How many little year and a half bucks did we see? More than big ones. Mm-hmm. But you think about it, how many total? You're like, man, any process in Michigan, there'd be ten times that many deer sitting oh, there. Oh my goodness! So like, they just have so many less hunters. They still got the same guys. My tag, I shoot what I want. Yep. But there's, there's so few of them compared to Michigan or so Pennsylvania. What was there like two hundred thousand there maybe? Uh yeah, Iowa has a total of deer hunters. Uh, yeah, two hundred eighteen thousand in Iowa, <laughs> and, and they're they, all smooth. They're all run, basically running a. Well, uh, this is the first year. Or, yeah, four fifty. The whole state, straight wall, you know, whatever, and a shotgun. When and, did they? They and there's shot. some pretty wide open ground out there too. So like, you know, in Michigan with a rifle, I mean, if they there can, ain't, you got three rifles on a forty, you got it covered. Yeah, there you. Yeah. <laughs> you got it's you got a four hundred acre oh, corn yeah. corn ground over there. You're not going to shoot that deer in the middle of that. The thing. study was square mile. Anyone can find find this up, but Iowa shoots point nine bucks per square mile is what they average. Okay. You know what do you think Michigan's is? A lot. Well, not like it's more obviously, but if you had a guess, what do you think it is per square mile for the whole? You got to take in the whole state. It's not well. The, it's the le- northern it's, part of Michigan it's is not a little, close to ten. Not, huh? It's, it's not ten. It's under ten. So it's point nine in Iowa. In Iowa and Michigan. Is, I was going to say five or six, but well, you're not too far off. They think four, like three point nine or something like that. So we're five times more almost. Almost than Iowa. <laughs> And that, and think about like the state of Michigan with like the UP. I think the UP. Now I don't know if the UP was involved in that. Is one thing I should have looked at. But even if that's just the northern mm-hmm. or the lower peninsula, 
Like that's a pretty diverse well, area. And there's some pretty tough sledding and you get in the northern tier of this state, it, you know, some of that ground. So the it's average not four notorious deer for, a square mile. Holy mackerel. Some people are doing work in some other square miles. Holy like mackerel. A lot of deer dying. And there's a lot more four deer getting shot in some of those square miles to make up for some of those oh, man, vast yeah. areas, you oh, know, yeah. by grayling and And then how many we kill with a car? Oh, I saw that. Was it fifty some thousand, or something crazy like that? Like fifty? It's the most. I think it's like the most car deer accidents in the I think I, in the, this area of the United States or something. Like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think I where I I moved into the place I lived in fifteen. I don't think since I've moved there, I don't think a year's gone by that at least two of them ain't got clipped on the road out front. Dang of my near house. in your driveway. In yeah. my driveway. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's just the it's just crazy. It just So we've got the fantastic ag, we've got a lot of good things. There is some there is some shortage of some minerals. I mean we're a little light on some yeah, stuff that I think for that sure. I think Iowa has got that we don't. Mm-hmm. Um there's you know, there's some selenium and some phosphorus and different things like that that we're a little bit short on, but uh um yeah, so habitat we've got pretty good Pretty good habitat here Just too. A lot more hunters. But we got some skilled boys in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I, I like. I'm always gonna push the narrative of. It comes down to you and your like. So you have your you can you can control what you can control. Same thing as your tag, shoot everyone. Sure. But if there's gotta come a point in time where, like you said, you want to you know you come a steward or you want to you, your journey from mm-hmm. the 14 year old kid, fast forward 42 years of gun hunting or deer hunting. And see where you're at now, like the enjoyment you're getting out of it. I, I'm always like, that's how I feel like I'm going to be too. Like I'm trying to climb this ladder, like every year, every few years, try to hit these goals and do this kind of thing. And you you can you control what you can control, but you only have so much air to do it. So you got to get you got to get on board with other neighbors and try to get them to come and help. And it takes like I don't like to be that takes a village, you know. Well, it takes like a neighborhood. To get on the same page. Showing the excitement, too, of the success of letting that deer. Like, I think I think being able to sh- to show somebody that you felt like that was a successful hunt. Yeah. Or that it was a successful season because gr- that deer was here. <laughs> I never and people, people will look at you like you have lost your mind. We always call each other when we shoot something. But yeah. I remember the first time I passed one of those really nice deer, I called you up and I was like, dude. Did you shoot one? I was like, no, but I let him go. I was like, I just let like the biggest deer I've ever seen, like let yeah. go, let go. <laughs> and you know, you're jacked up. Like there is excitement in sure that. Sure, there is. And then getting people to get on board with that. Yeah. And again, I don't. But I have. T- I'm not trying to go back on ourselves, but like you shot quite a few deer in your life. Lots. I have not not as many, but I've shot a handful of deer. Like I've had experiences with shooting like a handful of little bucks and climbing ladders. So like I'm. This is not like not trying to say someone who's never hunted before. No, grabs a bow like I'm going to hold out for a five and a half or four and a half or three and a half year old buck. No, I don't recommend that. Go wax the first year and a half old buck that comes out. Shoot the first doe that comes out. Get that. Get that. You know <clears> that <throat> that seasoning to you mm-hmm. where you can handle it. Because the moment truth comes in, whoo! Like I still screw it up. You know, I screwed up twice this year. And then, you know, if you would have. If I, uh, the first two shots I screwed up on and then my last two shots, it went from being like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing to a season pro. That's it. Like I'm done. Like, I'm, man, out I'm here. just like <laughs> smoking these things. Yeah. Get them in there. I'm, I'm stone cold killer, but you know, you gotta get those experiences to do that. But I'm, 
just climb the ladder. Like that's my biggest thing. And then try to get as many people involved and gained as much property. Cause we, we don't have enough property. Like if it was just our property that we have permission on and no one else was on board, I probably wouldn't even hunt Michigan anymore. No. I'd be like, I'm going to shoot some does because it would be impossible to get these deer to age by just us. It just takes, so remember, it's not only you and you can be the guy that sacrifices himself to show the, and it's okay. And it's okay. And then, and then, Hey, you know, eating tag soup ain't the end of the world. Nope. And then, you and, know what? Uh, and then that, I mean, that experience that you can gain, the things we've learned from passing deer I, and I was letting say, deer, yes. like, be deer in Michigan, like, leaving trail cameras out and be like, hey, I'm not even going to go hunting there because I just want to see how they use this area. And then you're like, oh, man, look at those bucks running man. through there. Look how they're using that. And then so, you use that to, like, I've used that intel to kill some of my other deer. Mm-hmm. Not even close to the same property. Well, you're compressing your knowledge into a shorter period of time, right? Mm -hmm. So if it took me 10 years to figure it out when I was a kid, that's a year or two now. Yeah. And I would say of all the things that we have that deer hunting has evolved, information is the number one thing that we have and access to it. That's the number one thing that has changed. Mm -hmm. I mean, you still got to put the crosshairs on the shoulder and you still got all that stuff, right? But this the the information and the access to it whether that be through trail cameras digital cam you know uh cell cams um just guys talking um sharing experiences whatever that in from 42 years ago my goodness it is it is unreal how much that has changed and how much better that makes. I'm going to say it's made me. I don't know if I've shared enough with anybody to make them any better, but I know what I've learned from other guys. And, and then I'm I'm not a rockhead, and I'm not, like, so stubborn that I can't learn either, you know. Like, this whole this whole thing, um, kind of an anomaly that I, at my age when I was, that I was doing that. That was not something that guys I grew up with, mm, nah, not that yet. No, there's a lot of guys that are that are there now. Um, some of my uh, some other guys that we knew that were in Iowa. One of my good friends, a uh, couple of these guys, you know, they're they're practicing the same stuff that we're doing, and they're and they're seeing the fruit. Yeah, and, it's happening. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know they're they're able to. It's a having having a buck like um, a buck like that. I've sat that same field for probably 35 years. I've been hunting in that field for 35 years. And to see that deer, I ain't going to lie, I almost had a tear <laughs> roll down my cheek. That that was so cool um, It can it, that it happened. Um, yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. It gets you fired up for next year. Or this spring, like, to do things and, like, put some plans in motion and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if yeah, we try, we've tried a couple things that worked and we've tried a couple things that didn't work. and mm-hmm. or, or the long term. And, you know, I look at guys like my dad's generation. You know, they, they hunted in a time when, Boy, there was a lot of big deer around. You see some of them pictures from the old days? Holy mackerel. They, <laughs> yeah, they, there was, eh, 
But they were meat hunting. Yeah, they know? didn't know. Nah, antler didn't mean nothing to no. them back then. But now there's dollar bills on them antlers, you know. That's yeah. that's then that's kind of a that thing. That was my to, next thing I was going to ask you if you thought, you know, we were talking about this. A lot of people have been saying, oh, it's turned into a, you know, it a is. rich man's game. A man with money. A man, yeah. Willing to exp- willing to spend money to do it. Um, I feel like, well, I, I, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I think when my brother and I were kids, we probably had 15, 1,800 acres that we could run around on, you know. And we had so many spots, we didn't go to half of them. Yeah. Or we just save that to drive. Yeah, and that like was we, only a deer driving that spot. That was deer driving yeah. spot because we knew that the deer knew that if there wasn't nobody there, then we'd go run them up, 50, yeah. 60 of them out of there on a Thanksgiving weekend, you know. Yeah, we were in. We just so put like, them, them in a pen, as it were, you know. I'm trying to think, like, how. What I, what I find, boy, I'm going to get on my soapbox here a little bit, but, you know, there's, there's things that I see on public ground, habitat-wise, in other states we are way behind in this state, way yeah. behind. Um, I don't think the dollars get put in the right spot all the time, in the right way, and I'm saying that about as politically correctly as I possibly yeah, can. For sure. Um, I don't. It's unfortunate that we have, um, that it's going to be that way, that you're going to have to own a piece of ground. Well, and, and think about it, too, you know. We're both in the construction business. You know. What do we do every day? We build yeah. homes on pieces of I ground. Know, that's what I've always thought. It's like, man, <sighs> if I, like some of these spots I hunt, like the realism of them being gone in 10 years is very sure, very high up there. Like mm-hmm. it could happen. And I'm like, so in 10 years. Opportunity like I'm just is to get, shrinking. Yeah, is, is opportunity shrinking or does that just mean you just have to expand your, your ability? So like – it's hard because you know it's a it's gonna be a man with money. Yes, like when we buy an out of state tag or we've done the guided thing or the the semi guided thing and or the pay to pull, property, just, and yeah, do all pay that for stuff. trespass, whatever. We've done it all. And like I think about how much money that does cost, and it's like okay, with like, no guarantee, by the way, no guarantee. And uh, I've never shot a deer at any of those. Like that's just been seen a couple really dandy ones. ones. You know, that's some good yeah, opportunities. Just, but I have a shine thing, but I'm like, you're asking a lot to get that worked out in a week. You yeah, know? for sure. But I'm saying like that, the amount of money put into that, it's like okay, like I could that money is not that hard to get. Like I could, there are some things you could do from a sacrificing like with your time, like either you know pick up do a side job, job or whatever, whatever it may be. Right. It's very very attainable for a normal mm-hmm. guy like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, like I'm not wealthy by any means, but. Like, especially some of those years in my early 20s doing that. It was like I was married, had a little baby at home, but I was still scrounging. I mean, I was able to ride with you to save some stuff, but it was like, oh, I'll just, I'm going to work a few Saturdays and, right. you know, take care of that. But I think, uh, I think getting to the point, though, like you hear all these leases and like the lease we just paid for, I was like, man, that was like a decent deal, like compared to other leases. And I'm like, whoo, like. That was a lot of money for something that didn't really work out that well because well, of what them boys, uh, what them boys, my buddies, um, they were just in Iowa and that guy had bumped the rent up a couple grand. Yeah. Just over from one year to the next, just and because of that. They got, they had less land to hunt. They had a kid marching around all over it that I know that's what I was just going to say. Like, I mean, be taken and that's the one of, thing too, that I was going to say, you and I have seen the unscrupulous in this yeah. game too. That's because, you know, a farmer has a commodity that is eating him out of house and home why not get a little money out of that 
If some yeah. sucker's going to pay, you yeah. know. And he don't care. Mm-hmm. He, he don't care. And what we went to that one. So be uh, what we're trying to say is, like, we've done this game, like, mm-hmm. the travel out of state. Like I said, I think we've been doing it. We've done it 10, 10 years, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've never went to the same place twice, have we? No, we did one place we went to twice. The Illinois, that one spot in Illinois, we'll have that two years in a row. Man, dynamite spot. spot. Dynamite. (laughs) I still think about that spot. I was actually going to see if we should reach out. Yeah, I got his. I just scrolled by his number the other day. Anyway, man. But we've seen. Okay, just, man. People get taken advantage of. 100%. And they hunt properties that are no good. And they spend. Stupid Over a thousand dollars. Stupid money. Yep. The, plus your vacation time, <clears throat> and you're hunting a property that, and it's so disappointing because you're like excited, you're going to go do this. I mean, let's be honest. Most of the guys I know, and I don't know. I mean, they don't need to go kill a 180 when they go out there, but they want to have a good experience. Yeah, they're paying for a good experience maybe, or get an and, opportunity to shoot 130 plus inch deer. But and when you go out on a piece of ground and all, you see more boot tracks than deer tracks. And, That's a problem. Yep. And you get told there's a minimum, you know, like a lot of these places, oh, there's a minimum. Okay, well, if there's a minimum, there must be there's a lot of them around. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is not the case. Yeah, remember that so one dude we saw? <laughs> we saw, oh, that's 100. Man, I'm shooting that deer every time. And like, no, it ain't it's 115 inch deer. Yeah, it's not 150, no way. But uh, that's People the thing, know. you know, so do be careful for anyone that's listening to this that, you know, hear us talking about how awesome, like, out-of-state hunting can be. you got to be very careful because – I I walked a lot of state land or public ground in Illinois, and I bet if I had another week of walking around, I would have gotten into some really good stuff. Mm-hmm. So maybe the long game is a little better to do that way. Like go scout, you know, kind of use your, your five-year window approach. Like I'm going to hunt the same job. I'm going to go down to Illinois. I'm going to Missouri, and I'm just going to walk and find spots. And yep. may take your vacation time in the spring one year and then the following fall hunted or whatever you gotta do like you there's a point in time where just buying that lease is not a good idea no. or, well not saying our lease i'm not trying to say that because our lease was bad this year the property is awesome big bucks on camera well, what if it was that. only 40 degrees every day when you were there could have been, might dynamite. Have been di- different co- yeah correct right. like I'm, so i'm not trying i'm not just saying our lease this year but we've done the other stuff in years past where it's like who guys are getting taken advantage of and we understand it because they got to pay for these lease costs they got to pay for this so it's just this this it's just be careful i guess that was one thing we wanted to make sure we let people know is you got to be careful of that um well and and i think too if you're going to be a guy that goes out of state you gotta you definitely got to temper your expectations because you know you're going to iowa land of the giants yeah, I am gonna have a seven hundred dollar taxidermy bill for sure. <laughs> seven fifty. Yeah, seven fifty. Yeah. Whatever. It's probably I'll pedestal yeah. it because it's pedestal. Be giant, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is my once in a lifetime buck. I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him on the third day and da da da. You know. Yeah. No, man, don't go there like that. Yeah. Go there to go there to see a different just piece experience of country. it. Yeah. That's kind of like, like right. and we've always kind of had that approach. Like, let's yeah. go see what this is like, and let's just kind of we can kind of like. Let's because we're students like, of the we're students of the deer in the game. I think that yeah. to me that like okay, well, that place in Iowa, that in Illinois that you were just mentioning there that we both were like dynamite spot, right? Mm-hmm. Why was that dynamite? What was about that? What what can I learn from that piece of ground? And what did we see there? Well, that's when we first kind of figured out how 
thermal hubs and how that kind of stuff yeah, kind of before worked. thermal hubs was a thing before that was a thing that we were there. like why in the world is that buck doing that and yeah. every buck that came by did that and yep. then you go you go down there and, oh yep. <laughs> you walk there and now i know and then and you do the milkweed and you can watch it go and like yeah. what in the world the wind's blowing the tree leaves that way but it's sucking the <laughs> yeah because that was sucking the, first, the milkweed down there and that was the first out-of-state trip when i had onyx that yep. was the first time I had that when I, we went out of state. Mm-hmm. This is eight years ago. Eight or ten, yeah. Eight. Somewhere in there, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and I could be wrong. I don't remember what year. I'm trying to think how old I was, but I think it was eight years ago. And I had Onyx, and that was like we got to that property, and I was like, it was like light bulbs went off every day. Yep. It was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yep, look at this little train feature. We need to put a stand right there. You sat there, and I don't know how many bucks you saw. Every one of them. Every buck you saw. They all came right by. There. Perfect. We're like, yeah, this is 23 awesome. yards, 23 yards, yeah. 23 yards, 23 yards. Yeah. They all went. They did the same thing by that little thicket, that little bedding area. We yep. we said, yeah, looking at that, that's probably a bedding area. And sure, yeah. every freaking buck in that, that. I, on that farm, so I think, cool. walked by that. So and, like then, it, and then that was where we were talking about that milkweed would suck down that. Yep. And, like, how is that happening? Yeah, because I never hunting the... I was hunting a little bit steeper spot, and I did the whole set up high and as high as I could in that tree with that lone wolf. I mean, it had the big sticks, and yeah. I set up, and I had those deer walk right under me downwind. Like, they were 20 yards away. My window, that was the first time I ever experienced the whole, like, thermal pole going over deer. Yes. And so, like, you, we've learned a lot of cool things on these yes, out-of-state hunts. And they're they're translating into You know Michigan. what else I've learned on out-of-state hunts? <laughs> There's nothing smarter than a Michigan deer. Dude, <laughs> nothing. I don't know why. Uh, they they are born scared. Yeah, got to be. It's got to be a. It's got to be. I, I don't know what it is. I I see things like we had. Well, we had it happen uh, that we saw a very nice white tail buck eating in a cornfield. Um, what was he? Eighty yards off the road. Eighty yards off the road. There is no self respect in Michigan deer that's going to stand there. Watch you roll Put the, the truck in reverse, down, back up, <laughs> bind those no head way. out the window, looking at these. Yeah, things. yeah. Gawking. For how long? Five minutes. We sat yeah. there, and he just eating. We're finally there. like, oh, what's his drive? Yeah, I guess. Well, we've seen him, and yeah. and that deer would have won the buck pole at just about every buck pole in Michigan. Yeah, that would have been. And, yeah, uh, boy, you see a when they got spots, they're not doing that junk around here. Yeah. Know? It's gotta be pressure. Like that's, I always yeah. come back to the pressure thing because it's still a white tail, but it's, or it's because there's so many more deer get killed. Yeah. What was that? I think there's 110,000 deer got shot in Iowa last year and Michigan had 345,000 <laughs> shot. So the dumb ones, they're done yeah they, so they maybe there's long. a little bit of that genetic like the more cagey ones kind of live and like deer hit the field if they come out like when you're doing these gun hunts you still sit on like a, an area where you can see really far somewhere to michigan you know depending mm-hmm. on how you hunt michigan but you know you're trying to hunt a destination food source you're trying to be on an elevated position where you can see farther and it's like deer hang out right they're like on the like they were so like there's like a magnetic force that they bust through before they like get into the open, you know. These other states, dude, they're like three o'clock, time to go to the buffet. We're in a field and we're yep. gonna walk this whole 400 yard field. We'll go for one corner, 
yeah, we're going to go bed over there probably tonight. So we'll just slowly work our way across right. this entire field for two hours. You don't really see that in Michigan. Deer being often. deer. Yeah, exactly. You just and generations of them being deer. Yeah. You know, when we first were able to start hunting out of a tree stand, people would always say, oh, yeah, deer don't look up. Well, I'll tell you what. They do now. They learn pretty quick. Mm. <laughs> the ones in... Of course, that might have been, you know, all them arrows flying around from me and your uncle. But <laughs> oh, yeah, true. <laughs> we educated all, there. <laughs> an awful lot of them. And we didn't understand doe age class either. We didn't know nothing about that. And I've actually learned something kind of new about that here in the last little bit that I was after the wrong doe. Yeah. Um, did you watch that video? I, I was did. Talking about? I, 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 Wayne, I didn't get all the way Wayne through Sutton, it. Wayne Sitton? Sutton? Sutton, I, I say think him. it was. How he pronounced his last name. But yeah, the, the doe. Check that out. I actually am doing a podcast next week with a guy. I think the title is going to be Trophy Doe Hunting. Oh, because he. Uh, I'm all about it. He's got a sweet story about a giant doe he shot on some public ground way back in there, and uh, I'm kind of going to tie that into like killing does in Michigan because <laughs> we're so bad at killing does in Michigan compared to other states. We shoot a lot of does, but not compared to bucks. But that'll be for another story well, but what was the thing that they said in there every buck you should kill two does is that what they said yeah kind of was their thing and yeah. then the percentage of yearly so like if a doe fawn gets bred this year so like she's a fawn this year yeah. she, once she's 60 pounds she can come into she'll estrus. come into yeah, she'll if cycle. she gets yeah. pregnant it's a 75 percent chance that she'll have a buck next year she'll probably only have one correct right? but it's a 75 percent chance it'll be a buck be and then a year-and-a-half-old doe gets pregnant, has her fawn the following year. There's a good chance she's going to have two or two. three, but there's yeah. a really good chance that she – there's a high percentage chance that I think both of them could be bought bucks. And then as they get older, their chance at having triplets and doubles are really high, but the chances of any of those being a buck is dwindles. A bunch of slick heads. Yeah, yeah. so you're going to have more does. So yeah. that's kind of the approach of shooting mature does. You know, any doe that is three and a half years, I think it's three. Is it three or is it four? I thought you said three and a half. If you think it's three and a half, smack that thing. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But, you know, we'll kind of talk into that next week. But uh, let's kind of, we're kind of, I don't know how long we've been doing this for. Oh, an hour and a half. Nice. Nice. Let's kind of end this on our Iowa trip this year. Yeah. We, I drew blood. So that was cool. You did too. About two minutes later. Yep. We, we doubled. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, obviously, we're not going to go into super details. Like I said, if you're good friends with me, you can see a picture of the buck I shot. But, uh, uh, thanks, what, Dad. Yeah, you passed the deer. I did. You passed your first day, second day. Well, I thought Man, it was first, a, first night, I thought maybe it was first night. I don't know. So, here we got five day gun hunt. In yeah, Iowa. we sit all day, yeah. or at least, I mean, pretty I'm close. There. I, I think I, I sat at least almost 60 hours in five days, yeah. and I got up and moved. One day you picked me up and yeah. brought me to another spot. I mean, that was a 45 minutes from the time I yep. got one to another. And then two other days I got out of one and I walked a mile and got into another spot, approximately a mile. So I was in the outside the whole time. It was glorious. I could, just I could do that for there. a living. <laughs> it was weird the day yeah. we were done to not get up and go sit in a yeah, in the I didn't know what outside to do. in Iowa. And uh, it was a great hunt. I mean, we saw My tons goodness. of bucks. I mean – I'm not I'm not sure, but I think I, I did a little thinking about that today. I'm pretty sure I saw almost the perfect one to two ratio. That was my next question. I, I I don't I didn't see it's hard to tell what does you're seeing. 
Yeah, they're harder. To, they're harder to yeah but, like distinguish. Correct. And a lot of times, I've got those like, cool antlers on their head. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the the bucks that we saw. Yeah, let's leave some high. Uh, yeah, that's what I want to kind of do. Like, what was some highlights for you? From so it was you... a pyramid, I think, as far as age structure, right? I think you know there was, uh, you know, there was a pile a year and a half, and then some two and a halfs, and then. We saw some three and a halfs that we were pretty sure of, and and yeah. and uh, four and a halfs. I don't know. Saw a few of those too. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe one five and a half. I don't. Maybe two for me. Yeah, I think some of those four and a half year olds might have been five year olds. That's yeah, pretty. It's hard really. Enough. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough, tr- tough one to know. Um, that is hard. I always thought it was going to be really hard to know a deer over three and a half. Mm. It's way harder knowing if they're four or five. I think so. That mm. is like a really hard. Now, I've shot a six and a half year old buck there, mm. and that is a no doubter. Oh man, yeah. Like that was like not even a like and I, like not all deer create equal. So no. there, I think some five and a half year old bucks are probably like, oh yeah, he's five and a half for yeah. sure. But we don't have like we don't get we don't we don't live out there we don't see this so we're kind of mm-hmm. just getting dropped in, so I mean we're seeing deer we don't know what's gonna come out so you're like you're very reserved which we are, but yeah when a six and a half year old buck walks out you're like oh dang yeah. like, and then yeah middle of the second day I'm smacking that dude oh yeah for know? sure don't care what he's got on his head right. like that kind of a thing and there's the other side of that I was just gonna say is, um, I'm after again the. Tr- if you want to use the word trophy, which I'm not a big fan of that, but the the goal for me is five and a half and up. Yeah. You know, like that. I don't need to have one that I can put my name in the book with. That don't mean yeah, nothing. Who gives a crap? That don't mean nothing to me. But, I mean, it's cool because okay, you, you shoot a 180, clean, typical 180. Is Rod Roswell's name going to be in any no record way. book? No way. In Michigan. With your bow. With my bow? Do you shoot a 180 with your recurve in Michigan or you yeah. the record bow? Yeah. Yeah. That thing will probably rot in the back of my truck. I'm hauling it all over. <laughs> I'm showing everybody, man. So we know where you're where yeah. you stand. I that. mean, you come on, you gotta have a tipping point, you yeah, know. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I've never thought about that. I I, and I mean, I, let me shot, tell you, let I've me tell you Pope why. Young bucks, and I have no desire to put them in the let book. Me, let me tell you why that deer, because I, chances are pretty good. I'm killing it on ground I grew up on. Yeah, so it's going to mean a so lot. So that deer is going to be, see, it can happen. Yeah. If you put this stuff and you implement it. Yeah. I did this. I sacrificed and sacrificed and sacrificed, and we yeah. let them go, and we did this, and we did that, and we killed those, and some years we didn't kill nothing. And, yeah. And look, ta-da. Yeah, I don't know. Well, not to mention, you know, I'd probably get some cool stuff from jays or something like yeah that. true like yeah <laughs> or whoever whatever, right? <laughs> using whatever recurve not the, you are none of that matters no i, I, I don't I, I'm, I'm just trying to think like because i really want to shoot 150 in michigan really bad and no both bucks i shot this year did not get to the 150 they, they were knocking on the door the, i mean a couple things went right they could have got there i mean they had the mass the seven yeah, point had the beam that seven point 141 and five eights Phew, as a seven he had nine man, scoreable dude. points yeah, because he had two. Yeah, seven mainframe seven point was a bit too big. Da- one inch and no two inch dagger, and the other one was like four, I think. But he I had the brow tines and he had the beams. It's like, dude. dude, if you he was so close. To, if he had a little <laughs> bit more, one he's one fifty frame, and then the second buck, he was 
And both deer didn't have tines over nine inches. Like, I mean, man, I'm like, man, I'm almost to my 150, you know. And, uh, but I really want to do the 150. Mm-hmm. But if I do shoot that, you know, that beautiful 10 point clean, like if he nets and grosses 150 kind of a buck, not, not a chance of putting him in the record book. I have no desire to. Like, no. but now you start talking like 180. Man, Dude, I, I'd be, if I smoke a, a 180 with my bow, yeah. like on, especially with some like knock on door permission property that I've learned or whatever, sure. I'd be, I might be tempted. Or it's going to be the thing that I don't want to sold and over. I killed that deer. Cause you have some well, of that if it's permission, no way. Yeah, like that's the thing. <laughs> no like way. you just, yeah, that's a no. that's a good point. I never thought yeah. about that. If it's, I mean, I've never had a 180 on my can- trail camera, so I've, it's not really been that yeah, much I of a realistic put, thing. I haven't but. had to suffer through that yet. <laughs> yeah. But, um. Anyway, so the 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 highlights of Iowa, the age structure was great. Judging deer age, when you see groups of deer. It's weird to like be able to be like, there's your and a half old bucks, there's yeah. your two year old bucks, there's your three year olds. That's a really good three year so old. So I was gonna and ask like, you, there's your four. What was your number one thing that you noticed? I'm I'm gonna tell you what mine was, but what was the number one thing that you noticed about a year and a half old buck in 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 that environment? They hang out with the does like <laughs> they're a doe. That was probably my. You'd like never know thing. he was a buck if he didn't have doesn't, antlers. No, doesn't even the body doesn't look like a nothing. Buck. It's like and a, half the two year olds were probably like that too. Yeah, there was one. Uh, there was I saw a few spikes and. By the way, we were thinking the spikes might even have been button bucks. I yes, think I do yeah, still think that. I still think that too. Um, because this like whatever genetics are good. Well, food in size of their body is. compared to yes, because a couple they, times like oh there's some there's a doe over there so I'd be like okay it's a buck with her. And then I'm like looking, 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 you know, nothing. They're like, oh, I'll pull the binos up and see if there's anything behind behind her. Yeah. And you pull the binos up and you're like, oh, that's just a spike stand over there. That's not even a doe. And I think I how see. How many of them white, how many of them bucks did you see that their hocks were white or or had not, very little stain? I mean, no three different and a half year olds barely had stain yeah. tarsal glands. Right. Um, like I said, the really, like, if it was a good three-and-a-half-year-old, like, mm-hmm. bigger body, you know, a little chunkier, good good headgear. Kind of run in the neighborhood. You could, yeah. yeah, like, you know, those did have a little bit. Because let's be honest, there's those. not a five-and-a-half-year-old buck on every, you know, in every ravine. No, 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 no. Yeah, the, but uh, the the biggest thing I noticed on the mature deer, um, let's see, I saw, I'm, man, that eight-point, he's five. You think he's five? All day. So the one, so I see one, two, I seen three bucks, maybe four that for sure were for sure five-year-olds, I would say. And the characteristics that I realized was holy stained tarsal glands. Like number one thing, black yeah. down their whole side of your leg. Um, All the way into the, yeah, you couldn't see it no more. Yeah. Their chest, they look like a, um, their hind end is small, small compared to their chest. chest yep. That's a yep. big thing. Um, and then mass. Like, well, they look like nine feet long, dude, too. Yeah, they're long. Yeah, but yeah. their antlers are just have mass, yeah. like just heavy duty. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are like the biggest things that kind of like stuck out to me. And they, they're, you know, like I, I think we kind of like learned to oh, look for the sway back. Well, I think they got to be standing a certain way for you to like see the sway back. I think I'm not really sure if that's a huge thing. Like I'm going I, off. I'm not. Anymore. I'm not so sure that I can. Because even the seven point, like I've that. had trail cam pictures of him when he was five and a half, and I I was like, this deer's five and a half years old. And if we look back at those, which we should before you leave tonight, 
think he looked just like that. Small butt. I'm going like to go with that chest, more so. Like the, the, the hind like end. The chest is like big in the front. You know, has that mm-hmm. brisket or whatever on them all. Yep. So, yeah, that was – so the highlight for me was great buck-to-doe ratio. Um, age structure and how you think mature deer should act and how little deer act. And then the, the bigger deer I did see – they did things still different than yep. what all the other bucks did. I think the, and all their deer, they, they were, were still no looking, doubters, no doubt. They acted was, different. Yes. And the one was by himself. He was like, like you hear all these guys talk about personalities. I think that's really it was cool to like see the, all this. You could like, oh yeah, that deer is doing something way different. Why the heck did he do that? Mm-hmm. And then especially when it's like one you want to shoot and you need to do this and I have an opportunity. And then every deer I see after that gives me that opportunity, but this one deer, because he's just an old mature buck and he's going to do things a little different. So, I mean, I think that is like, I learned that, that week of hunting. Um, and then I learned how I got to remind myself how important no pressure is. Like if you cannot pressure your property until the time is right, it is, I don't think you can touch it with any, I don't think anything beats it. Like, nothing can beat it. It's like seven-point property, hunted it twice. Hunted it that morning, shot him that night. Two times in there. And deer being deer. Well, um, you know, there's a, there's a thing, you know, <clears throat> that I've learned from my childhood to now discipline. You know, yeah. not only index finger discipline, but it ain't today. I can't. Yeah. I want to go bad. <clears throat> I know. I, and, and there's guys that say, hey, I only got today to hunt. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Make your day count. But you better make it count. Yeah. Or have a lot of spots where you can be, be have smart. contingencies. Have mm-hmm. contingency plans set up and or maybe it's just a day that yeah, I can hunt today, but I probably shouldn't go out in the morning. I should maybe go out at eleven o'clock or something. Yeah. Find, I'm I'm not saying that there's a one size fits all thing and I get it. You know, there's guys that hey, I only got today and that's probably why the spike gets shot or whatever. I get yeah. it. I don't mm-hmm. want to take that away from anybody, but you know, I would say anything you can do, especially if you got a 40 or a 60 or whatever, I mean, man, <laughs> keeping you out of there. Well, we can speak to it because we've seen the trail camera evidence yeah. of what happens when there's traffic versus not traffic. And it's traffic that doesn't, I mean, there's tractors that go in and out of there, but just they notice the pickup or yeah. they notice, they just, you know. Um, there's something to that. There is a hundred percent something to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a pretty important thing. And I, if you think about, you know, like I, we have a lot, of, we don't have like an insane amount of trail cameras. We have a decent amount. And, uh, we got that I piece am, of ground covered and I don't, and like my SD card cameras, I don't, I haven't checked any of them yet this year. I haven't pulled a single one yet mm. and I can't wait to pull them after season. I got a pretty good idea what you're like, going to find. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's going to be like, and why is that? Because no one stepped foot in that zone all year. And we're going to use that intel for next year kind of a thing. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. But let's see. Iowa highlight for me, that was a really good thing. Um, blessed like that. It was just being able to have the opportunity to do that and see that. And um, any of you guys who maybe do live out in Iowa, you're probably like, oh, Iowa sucks right hunt. Yeah, I do understand that. It's, we got to hunt a really good spot. There's a really good area in Iowa we get to hunt. But um, I think that those little hidden gems are out there. And, man, if I lived out there, I would be scouring the state like I'm sure a lot of other guys are because it is such a cool area. 
Um, the same goes for Illinois too. Like Illinois, Iowa, like those two states. Missouri's cool, but if I had to pick between those two, it'd be one of those two. I'm gonna I'm gonna say there's something like about little hidden Miz- gems. Like yeah. it's weird in, in Illinois. It's um I drove a lot of that this year, and there was some dynamite prior property that just like. Oh. You see that it's like, whoo, man! And there's Excuse no me. gun blinds to be seen anywhere. You know, well, yeah. all that go stuff. To, go so. to go to our neck of the woods, and I think it's from the hunting property, from that property to the to the farm, it's six and a half, seven miles. I think I counted twenty one blinds that I can see from the road. Just from the road, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we got it covered. <laughs> yeah, it's covered. <laughs> you yeah. don't see that down there. No, not at all. Um, I, I and this is boy, there's a lot of my 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 friends and people i grew up with um i think iowa is also successful because they have uh shorter range firearms mm-hmm. um there is a very distinct difference in michigan south of the line and north of the line mm-hmm. and there are some very very effective guys um that I grew up with and people in that neck of the woods, they are a pretty fair hand with a rifle mm-hmm. and, um, you know, 300, 400 yards all day long. Um, you know, you're not doing that in Iowa. No. Um, and so, you know, that's just that much more opportunity for them to have, a um, to get a pass, even yeah. though it wasn't something that a guy wouldn't have shot him. If he could have, he, he couldn't, yeah. you know, um all right short season two yeah short was, season. okay that was a good one i was that's what i'm gonna ask you i got two questions about yep. deer hunting or for that one buck tag or keep it the way it is what do you think is <laughs> the biggest quick yes or oh, what do you think you should have one, one buck tag you think yeah. is, would be a big deal yeah. okay we disagree in that but that's fine well we can get into that why but no, I like it. So you, you're one buck tag because that's what everyone's talking about right now. So it's very relevant. Uh, and then, well, I'd like to hear your perspective. Quick, okay. I think that because there's so many hunters in Michigan that there we are the guys that are serious about shooting mature bucks are still so outnumbered that it doesn't matter if there's one buck tag or two buck tags because I think those guys are that shoot the young immature buck immature is the wrong word but they're immature. Um, that even if they only have one buck tag in their pocket, they don't care because they only ever shoot one buck anyways. So I don't think the one I don't I don't think you taking a buck tag away is going to all of a sudden have an influx of mature bucks like other states it has. I could be wrong, but that's just how I feel. I mean, go to look at Pennsylvania. Yeah, you know that changed dramatically when they. I mean, that dude, <laughs> that dude wore, wore, walked around with a bulletproof vest on and had to leave his home and all that because the the guys that were they wanted that dude dead because he took away their deer hunting mm-hmm. when they went from when they changed the rules and I can't remember specifically it was uh two tags to one or if it was an APR thing or whatever yeah. it was but um and then I think that and then um do you think November 15th needs to change open oh day boy. gun season needs to change cuz Iowa you can't gun hunt till December Ohio can't gun hunt until December. Illinois can't hunt, gun hunt until like dang your Thanksgiving. I mean, so do you think? What do you think about that? Does oh opening man. day gun season need to change from November fifteenth to improve the? Am buck I strictly hunting? doing this from a killing bucks in Michigan? Yes. Now, 
from tradition and from what you want to see. No. Okay. Because <laughs> yep. my, I mean, my mom, she's a heck of an a, a take pie. your heart out of it. Take my heart out of it. You do the business end of it. Take the emotion out of it. Take the tradition out of it. Um, yeah, we can't do it on fifteenth anymore. Yeah, and I don't know. <sighs> Got to shorten up season, man. Yeah, I was just to say that. Well, I mean, season's hard. If, I mean, again, take the emotion out of it. I'm, I'm boy. I'm sure there's people that want my head on a stump for saying that, but um, if you want to be, if you want the deer season to be successful more so like in my definition of success back to that legacy thing and all yeah. that shorten that season up get rid of that second buck tag so now the reason i say that is because that'll make people think right that's yeah i get and, your and, point and, for sure and not necessarily and most people i mean doe tags are so liberal in this state too but we so, don't shoot enough of them still that's the problem well there are individuals that do yes but i think i'm cool with the gun season being shorter but the problem is that means less does will get killed, I'm afraid. So that's the hard part. Well, then maybe we got to do the earn a buck thing. I'm totally anti that. I know. But <laughs> I, I, I get the it, point. It, it's hard. It would be so hard, especially in our state, because of the size and the lack of labor yeah. to help out with that. It, it would, would be, it yeah. wouldn't work. It works in be states. a way to shoot more, though. If you could change the gun season and still somehow, if you'd shorten the gun season and still shoot enough does, I'd be on board. I just don't think that's possible. Unless it's the same thing like you're talking about the one buck tag. Oh, guys will think because they only got one buck tag. Maybe if they're like, well, I only got five days to shoot shoot deer. Day four, if they haven't seen the buck they want to shoot yet. But that dude's going to kill that them, buck on opening day no matter what. No, I'm what. saying he He's, might shoot a doe then. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Instead of like. So you're saying make that an either sex thing? Well, they kind of are, right? They now. are, I guess they are, yeah. But I'm just saying if the gun season was shorter, maybe they would be more apt to shoot a doe quicker. Opposed to being like, well, I got till January 1st to shoot a doe. And then you don't really shoot your doe yeah, because you already got your buck. And then you got holidays, so they don't really go out there and shoot their doe. If maybe they had a short opportunity to do it, they would, I don't know. That's just me rambling. Okay. There's All a, right. What there would be a lot favorite? of business. What gun do you take out opening day? 270. What is it? Old Winchester 270. I bought it when I was 19 years old, 18. Nice. 18, 17, something like that. All right. What is your recurve of choice? If you were to grab a oh recurve right now goodness. and take out, what are you going to shoot? So the it, – there's two. Um, I had a carry bow made by Abe Penner, and um, he's from Saskatchewan. Um, it was a custom bow. I shot that thing like it was part of me. And it burned up when my shot burned up. Broke my freaking heart. Um, I would love to find a Kodiak Hunter. Um, that was Fred's favorite. Yep. And I would love to kill a deer with that. So, um, yeah, Kodiak Hunter and then the carry bow? Carry bow was, uh, you know, there's so many good guys milling good customs. Like, I don't want to pigeonhole that. I think. Um, no, that's just a bow you really liked. This I is just love that bow. Preference. I love that compound. bow. I had a moose antler backer yeah. what on you, it. What about compound bow? What do you shoot for compound bow? Oh, well, if I got to put my training wheels back on, um, I'm pretty fond of that Hoyt. Yep. Um, you know, the Hoyt, the Hoyt guy um, at the time, you know, him and Fred, they were kind of like the pioneers in the uh, Bob Lee and some yeah. of these other guys, you know, that were, that was. Um, um, they kind of developed that compound technology. Uh, Hoyt, 
Um, there's a lot of good compound bows out there, mm-hmm. but for um, some reason, how we are built, I really like the way a Hoyt pulls back. It must I, have some Sasquatch thing going on. I don't know, man. I went <laughs> I on the left know, Hoyt. You know, I shot all I shot for. Well, I shot your Golden Eagle, which was zero let off, so that felt like a long bow essentially. Man, and then you had an old PSE. It was tall, huge bow, minimal let off. And then I remember that bow shot good though. It did shoot really good. It yeah, did. I can't remember what the name of that thing was anymore. You still yeah. have it. It's PSC something. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I bought a Hoyt, a used Hoyt, and then I kept Hoyts for years. And then I shot my Prime bow for three or four years. Really liked that bow, but another tall, long bow. Yeah. And then I just had it. I just had to have a lot on it. I feel like good with it. Like it was heavy, wide, um, big stabilizers. And I was like, nah, this other Hoyt, this, this RX7 thing, um, carbon and. I have, like, the stubby stabilizer. I kind of, like, regressed on my accessories. <laughs> Love shooting that bow, though. For some reason, those Hoyts, man, I don't know what it is about them, but maybe because we're bigger guys, they, oh, they fit us really well. And, like, yours is an old, obviously. So smooth. For, yeah, smooth. Okay, fixed blade or mechanical? Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Just straight up. You don't have to get in this big thing. What are you shooting? <laughs> Dude, I am never going to put a mechanical. Uh, mechanical on the end of my arrow <laughs> never hey hold on hey hold on. hey hey what do you think oh, don't oh. ever say never i mean what happens if you get to the point where it's like where i'm know, old and i'm shooting a crossbow <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly where it's going i will quit <laughs> i am oh, not shooting a crossbow cross gun cross no way. Gun. dark no, side no way yeah, baby <clears throat> no if i can't climb it tr- look i would think that my heavenly father will have when he, when he takes away my ability to climb a tree and do my thing with my with my wheel bow it's bad enough i got a wheel bow yep um you know father time came and knocked a big hole in that shoulder you know and mm-hmm. and uh anyway uh, yeah i'm what he's trying to up. say is he can't you can still shoot your recurve, but the amount, the practice of the bow thing is like not in your favor. I I can't. So the I compound got, is like shoot it a few times, and that's about all you get a year. Well, and and you know the pain. Um, with the compound, the juice is worth the squeeze, I guess. Yeah. With the recurve, I just I get what what happens with the recurve is I because the pain makes it makes for very bad habits. Mm-hmm. Habits that for whatever reason, really manifest when you got a deer in front of you. <laughs> and uh, I feel thing. like a, I do kind of feel like a quitter in a way that I don't shoot the recurve anymore. Um, I love doing that, man. That was my, yeah, that's my chocolate. You right might there. find it again. Mm-hmm. I'd still to the, I still pick up the recurve and, you know, got a target out there and, you know, just sling a couple. Yeah. Okay. It's miserable getting old. So you <laughs> talked about how 42 years ago your blind was these cedar posts <laughs> with a little tin wrapped around it. <coughs> yeah. Now we're carrying heaters with us and got a propane tank we are set a bunch up. Of Susie's. <laughs> a bunch of Susie's, man. But we can stay sit all day. All day. Yeah. I was just going to say that. And my tuckus don't hurt from sitting on a bucket. Yep. So we're doing good. Or a chair that we got from a uh, when a church closed uh sold off its inventory of you know brand spanking new 1937 folding Mm. chairs and we got eight of them and they're still 
In fact, I think there's still one sitting in a fence bottom at the, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the things are made out of, they probably weighed 40 pounds and whatever they make windmill fans out of, they probably made that out of those chairs. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's something that's changed. There's something that's changed. Yeah. Windmill technology. Yeah. Um, There's something that's changed too is the way I freeze in a tree enough bow hunting. That when I'm gun hunting, that's like a relaxation. Yeah. Give me that hot I, chocolate dude, and them sandwiches, I will have baby. a heater and a 20-pound propane take sitting All there long. every time. A smile we'll, on my face, Me and Henry will make grilled cheeses Heck and yeah, all dude. the time. Heck and yeah. if, you know what? We kill deer doing it too sometimes, yep. so that's totally worth it. And that's what gun hunting has become. It's a lot like, you know, goose hunting. We always used to say goose hunting was more of a social event. Mm-hmm. You know, you a bunch of guys sitting around drinking coffee and shooting the breeze, and, oh, there they come, yep. you know, get down. And, uh. That's kind of how the whitetail thing with a, um, with a with a rifle season is for me. Um, yep, this is a good time. Very social event. Got to hear how your grandpa. You know, he's always got about. I hope we ten. get some stories from him in one of these days. Yeah. But that dude has got more stories and he's more shots. He's hard down range him. than anything else. Yep, I I I, I got asked this question recently about shooting. Um, why I developed, and it's something me and you kind of had a topic that we talked about about why, um, why I became the rifleman that I am, and how, because I didn't really have, again, there was no classes for that, you know, no. um, but uh, I read uh, a gent by the name of Jack O'Connor turned me on to the um, how to shoot. You know, I learned some things from him, like he he would write. Um, I read every article that dude wrote, and he was a 270 nut, mm-hmm. 130 grain, 270 bullet. Um, where did he hunt? He hunted them in Montana, oh, or Wyoming. Or where was, I mean, he was like a he Western was a yeah he was right? a big big time in the west Mealies and, and stuff. mule deer. Yeah, and I read a little bit of his pronghorns stuff too, and, and whatnot. But and one of the guys, everybody that I grew up around, 30 six, which is a great gun by the mm-hmm. way, a great round. I'm very versatile. There's lots you can do with it. Um, yeah, a lot of deer died to the 30. Oh my, 30, 32 mm-hmm. as well. Um, but the uh, there was an instance with, and I'll tell you how dumb and young I was and didn't know any better. Well, this is a good story to end on. This like is a great this. story. Yeah, so like we were at the farm, the original farm up on the Ironwoods, and two does came out, and and I had no concept of range, bullet travel none of it like i had no catalog of information in my head <laughs> if you see a deer you know you point at it and shoot until you can't shoot no more well and 30 30 <laughs> had <laughs> seven you know the michigan seven round you know six in the pipe and one in the chamber and uh i uh i hammered away of course all these old all my uncles and my dad's cousins and all them old old timers like my age you know mm-hmm. they were wearing me out about <laughs> so these and they're down in this pasture and we're up on the hill it was i don't know 250 300 yards if it was a foot and and, the, and these guys are just come on bear down on them. i mean they're <laughs> just giving me the berries you know and i am like taking my time and you know, missing them by a hundred yards, probably. Yeah, I mean, iron they were sighted. Iron sighted, thirty thirty. But you know, if you ain't shooting, you ain't trying, right? Anyway, the one, the one guy, my uncle's brother, he actually came over. and He's like, "How bad do you want?" I'm like, I'm, 
I'm all mad, you know. <laughs> and he says, do you want me to shoot one for you? I'm like, yeah. And he, boom, and just dumped that thing, you know. And I'm like, whoo. And he says, hey. He gets all said and done. He says, oh, let me see your bullets. So I gave him a 30-30 bullet. And then he had a 270 bullet. And he put them side by side. He said, longer bullet. You need longer bullets. <laughs> and I had no idea, but I was like, that makes sense to me. Yep. <laughs> and, I've enlightened. Uh, and and, and yeah. that's it. Boy, then two years later, I owned me a 270, and I started reading 270, and everybody else but him. He was the only guy that had one. And uh, there was 308s and 30-06 and, uh, and some 303. Um, but, man. <laughs> you well, need longer like, bullets. You need longer bullets. And until I was probably, well, he's, I don't know, I think he's still alive. But I would see him in town, or I'd see him, you know, <laughs> he'd be uh, at, at the restaurant or whatever. And he's like, hey, longer bullets still working out for you. He, I mean, four, 30 years later, he's still giving me the berries about that. So so to end this on, longer is always better. That's, how That's we can right. T- <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Full length arrows. Oh man, full length arrows. <laughs> yep, we did that. Get you an extra five yards. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Full length arrows. Full length arrow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, two seventy bullet. Yeah, longer oh. than thirty thirty. All right. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Uh, we officially. This is well, probably gonna be the longest for, one on. Uh, yeah, Michigan thanks for Wild. having me. <laughs> yeah, it was good. We it was good hopefully time. can. Hopefully you can tell that we like. Uh, we like doing We're this. Kind of fond of this stuff. I mean, this felt like a normal conversation. I've gotten fired said. from, I, th- I thought about yeah, that. Yeah, like, that's another thing. I've gotten up. fired from two jobs for going deer hunting. Yeah. And, you know, I get fired from 10 of them. I don't care. So. Yeah. It's been a. I came back. A, I came back and got told to load my toolbox up one time. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Shot some deer, so it's yeah, fine. I shot a buck that day. I didn't care. Yep, so. didn't care. No, but, uh, yeah, guys, thanks for listening to this episode, yeah. Michigan Wild. Uh, hopefully... I hope that, like, other people have a relationship like this with someone. Like, you know, I'm fortunate to have that with my dad. No. We, can, we can do these things out of state, go bow hunting together, go gun hunting together. Yeah. Um, we try to do something once a year. And, you know, we're – it's one of those things where it's uh, it's just, like, a good time to be able to spend quality time with the family and do that and blessed to have that, yeah. that sustainable kind of a thing. Like, that uh, we can – every year we can try to do something together – you know, it brings us together, does that. Even your um, other siblings that only yeah, gun hunt. The whole, it's yeah. like I was saying, it's the whole family. It gets involved. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's been a journey for both of us. And like, um, you know, I've reaped the reward of you and uncles and grandpas and all these people who have, you know, paved the path before me yep. and we can continue to make this into something. And, you know, seeing Henry shoot his first deer in that same area that happened. Cool. I mean, that's another generation. That's just an awesome thing to do. So, I think yeah. your I think your granddad was pretty fond of that too. Oh yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Thought that was the greatest oh, thing ever. Oh, that's yeah, grandpa, you, me, and him now. So I mean, that's four generations. They got to do that. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid to be the first person to give it a shot. Like you were the first. You know, you had no one to show you how to use a bow mm-hmm. back then. You know, you had no one to really teach you that thirty thirty. You should probably only shoot hundred yards with iron sights. You know, you, there, there's all these things you have to learn. Right. So I mean, even you, even anyone listening to this who, or mm-hmm. if you have a friend, get them involved and do that. Who cares if you get alert? Like, who cares if you don't know what's, you know, it's, it's, at the end of the day, you're just hunting. Go have fun, enjoy yeah. it. Now, I'm going to always encourage everyone to like climb the ladder, like do that kind of thing. I, I take that approach in work. I take that approach in my day to day life. Self improvement. Yeah, self improvement. So, like, that's, I do encourage that. But mm-hmm. no, thanks for listening to this episode. Get out there, enjoy the, the rest of the year. I mean, you got till January 1st to maybe shoot a buck with your bow, shoot some does. 
I I got a I got a couple that are calling <laughs> ring my the name. bell ring yep, the doorbell. I got, I got some food plots that got <laughs> yeah. some cameras on them, and I'm hoping to get take by, care of business. By the way, on that. Uh, there's an opportunity too for uh, you know for someone to um, the pressure's off a little bit. So if you you know um, someone who hasn't killed one or hasn't been out much, that's a fantastic opportunity um, to to break the seal. Um, yeah, go shoot a doe. Yeah. Dude, Tyler shot a doe tonight. Did he really? Yep. Tyler Thompson Ty, Ty, got one. Yeah, he finally got a chance. He went hunting, borrowed my one of my guns, so I get to hold that over him. You know, you He's like just, your borrowed guns kill I, more I, deer than you do. I yeah, quite a few guns <laughs> killed some deer this year that were uh, yeah. not theirs. But no, he he still pulled my muzzleloader. Yeah, so he's, a boy. He's taking care of the business. So we'll have to touch base with that when we start wrapping yeah, up no here doubt. a little bit. But no, we got a uh, we got. Let's see, what is it? I don't even know what the date is. It's sixteenth. So sixteenth. Yeah. So yeah, we get to go get Christmas stuff all coming up. Yay. But, yeah, I get to do all the <laughs> the fun <laughs> times. Hey, we got our tree all decorated and everything yeah. like that, so we're good to go. I always didn't like Christmas because it meant deer season was over. That's probably yeah. my biggest problem with it. But it is a sad thing. Yeah. But that does mean that shed hunting's gonna start pretty soon. Yeah, we get to kick out of that. Food plot stuff. We can start going on. Plant some, some trees this work. year, I yep. think. And a new year for that. Yeah, but got some plans. So rock on. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone, yeah, for this. Christmas. And uh, get outside, enjoy creation. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you, Father. Yes, sir. It's been a good one. Been a good time. <laughs>